I want to talk to Nardwar. Hello and welcome to episode number 140 of Grumpy Old Benz for Friday, March 5th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is nice, but the FedEx man hasn't quite shown up yet. And this is an episode 100% less Bemrose that was supposed to be on Monday, but his appointment got pushed up. So it's people are going to be playing in his mouth. With uh, with some very sharp objects. So we ask for some experts to step in and two voices you've heard previously on the show. Boo Burry of Behind the Schemes and <laughs> Sir Spencer of Bull After Bull. How are you guys doing? I guess Boo Burry, hey. is, is that not the name of your show? Is it something like that? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It spells it's weird. I mean, me there's, you, coffee. I mean, there's like numbers in it instead of letters. You like the Billy Bones oh, yeah, thing. It's S C H three M three S. I mean, it's not Behind bad enough. You can't get chicks being a podcaster, but then you have to spell it funny. I don't know how that works. <laughs> hey, I don't know about y'all, but I'm showing up to work later today with that uh, post podcast glow, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, it is. Hey-o. It's invigorating <laughs> when you get a good podcast in in the morning. Or in the afternoon. I mean, it depends where you are. Or late at night. Right. At late at night. Podcasting late at night. Yeah. You guys are the late night podcasters. We've pretty much been doing the early stuff for a while. And it it is a completely different vibe. When uh, Blog Talk Radio first started, if you ever use that service, it's, it's interesting. It was one of the first podcasting type things that was available for people to get, well, free accounts for a while. And then they started charging. But the thing they have with the service that's different is they give you a phone number and a little interface so you could take live calls without giving out your real phone number, which was a whole lot of fun. This is going back over 10 years ago now, I think. And just getting drunk and podcasting and taking calls was uh, was a trip. So, I mean, the late night vibe is definitely different. But that's why you get to delve into other more, uh, well, either illicit topics or more of the, you know, X-Files. There's something out there. A little, a little more, uh, a little more mind crimey. Right. Right. Which is where you guys have it all covered. So it's good. I mean, what is the what's the elevator pitch, Boobery, for your show? Uh, Well, Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer had a good one. If you don't, if you don't uh, get behind the schemes, the schemes going to get behind you. That's uh, true. It's just a lot of, um, you know, new world order. Uh, well, as it, as it stands now, it's taken a while to get to a, a format where we're actually like finding topics, getting the, getting the research, getting the clips. Uh, we just, we were kind of talking about this on, in the troll room last night with that new order of barbarians, um, series of cassette tapes. I mean, We've been going through them. Uh, it's classic 
population control. So as it stands now, I think we're going to muck around with some, uh, a bunch of fucking eugenicists, I guess. Nice. <laughs> Thomas Huxley. Um, that's coming up next. And part of the X club, he was, a he was a big time supporter, I guess, of Darwin and called him Darwin's bulldog. So, well, in the eugenics, a lot of people don't realize that a global event that has random people sticking things into your body with a needle. Ooh, there's it's ripe for uh, for having some th- theories of the conspiracy or even not about because um, nobody really knows the long term effects of a lot of this stuff. So, no, not at all. And uh, um, I can see why you'd want to look into that. And I, I'm, I'm sensing there's a commercial out there. I shit's been kind of off the rails here, but I'm sensing cold acid reading, or excuse me, Bill Gates reading as cold acid reading <laughs> as Bill Gates doing a commercial for his newest app called Igenix, which yeah. ties his vaccine. And I don't know, maybe it's low hanging fruit. It may Wee be Genix. It may be because <laughs> we're all in this together. Yeah, you sound like QAnon, which will get you thrown off of every platform faster than. Hey, I I forget which episode it was, but I was uh, explaining it to Malachi because he hadn't really heard anything about it. Um, And I said, yeah, it just it kind of seems this sort of honeypot set up. It definitely creates this group where the mainstream can point at them. It's like, hey, look at all these crazy fucks. Right. Uh, And I. There's there's stuff in there. It's it's one of those situations where they probably sprinkle it with a little bit of truth here and there just to keep the fire alive. But for the most part, they're really just recycling memes, I think, is my best explanation. Well, I, I don't think up until recently anybody really gave QAnon a second thought. It was always just a kind of an off in the corner internet thing that everybody kind of understood what it was. Nobody ever thought QAnon was going to be storming the Capitol or bombing buildings. You know, like the weather underground did back in the sixties and (laughs) seventies. Nobody thought that was going to happen. This was just people posting crazy stuff on the internet. And there's plenty of that on the internet, but all of a sudden the media is treating QAnon like it's like it's Antifa, which they say isn't a real thing. So it's, it gets confusing, I guess. It's tough to keep track of all the narratives and they cross and pull in opposite directions and yeah, flip with one another. Different streams. I mean, I would ask Spencer what your podcast bowl after bowl was about, but obviously you, you really like bowling. You're shooting about bowls. You're, you're shooting, yeah. uh, you know, going for the turkey. You're going exactly. for a strike. You nailed it. <laughs> I miss bowling. And you're doing it in a bowling alley right now. See, that is yeah. professional podcast. You can still smoke in this bowling alley. It's like, uh, it's great. <sighs> that's that's your uh, podcast engineer's worst nightmare. Like, where are we going to record? In a bowling alley. A clothing optional bowling alley, you know. <laughs> the, the clothing to the, the engineer, they don't smoke. care. It's those <laughs> the, na- the acoustics in here are ridiculous. Uh-huh. I mean. That's it. It's like everything else <laughs> doesn't matter. It does. There's a lot matter. of there's a lot of meat for these sound waves to bounce off. <laughs> uh huh. There is. We got a buzz going, and like every sense of that buzz, you know. <laughs> Podcasting 101. Get rid of all extraneous noises. Sometimes. All right, I'll do it. Whatever, whatever turns you on. Yeah, Adam Curry of the No Agenda Show, which is the best damn podcast in the universe, and we hijack the stream 
that he controls. Well, Void Zero controls it, but we all know that uh, who, who the puppet master is for Void Zero. And now that I said that Void will just make me disappear. So I, it was a joke. Oh, he'll snip those strings. It was a joke, Mark. But when we do these shows live Monday and Friday at noon Eastern, noagendastream.com is where you want to go to get the information, get into the chat room, the troll room, so you can have a whole lot of fun. I mean, it's easy to fact check Ryan Bemrose when we're doing the shows. It might be a little harder with Boobery and uh, Sir Spencer here because you guys don't say things quite as crazy. And that's why it's always fun to talk to you guys. Um, give us, give us a moment, Jesus. We're concrete with our facts, brother. When I mean, we come with facts, I mean, I mean, were you trying to replace? Ben we're Rose not just, was, was we're some, not just scrolling Wikipedia here, man. You're not. I thought that was that is what most podcasters do. And I bless every podcaster out there, man, that does clips because that's way more work than just turning on the microphone and bloviating. When you have to find oh, clips and clips you know, take ages, edit them. And try to make sure they sound good. I mean, there's still after 1300, whatever episodes, no agenda's done. There's still times where Adam's playing clips and Dvorak's like, can't hear it. Don't understand. No, you know, I was about to say you can take clips, but then you can also edit them and what make them sound good. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think that's the way it's supposed to be done. That's the little extra time involved. Let me get my pen. Audio engineering 101. Get rid of the background noise. and. And try to enunciate the uh, vote, the voice that you're trying to have the message conveyed through to make it clearer. The the tip of the tongue. Yeah, the tip of the tongue. Uh, Let's see there. Bemro said there's a clip for today's show. We don't do clips, Ryan. So uh, go get go get your teeth fixed. Are you clipping his clip? <laughs> I don't I don't know. There was something about Bemlet had a clip because he was mad that we were talking about Xfinity and how creepy that home services where they put cameras into your house. I mean, they say it's for home security, but does any normal right minded person put cameras inside their house that Mm-mm. they don't have full control of? I would be pointing my butthole at that camera at least once a day. <laughs> Present. I just uh, I shit creeps me out. I I don't. Uh, we've got a pair. Um, I don't remember what brand they are. They 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 legitimately freak me out. Um, but I, I I've heard that we only use them for when we're gone for long periods of time. But well, that know, they're still sense. plugged in. They're still plugged in. You know, there's probably still on network of some capacity i just you put a little post-it note over the front of them while you're home <laughs> no you hey, just that's not a bad idea yeah i mean you know there's more than one way to skin a rabbit baby i mean put if a, you have a full con- rock in front of it yeah, if you have full control of the system then i get that when you aren't in the home if nobody's home why well, you might want to have cameras pointing inside the house because when somebody breaks in and starts making a sandwich and uh <laughs> down on the couch you might want to know about that but otherwise, it's it's beyond freaky to have anybody monitoring that from a third party location. And it was definitely weird with the oh, and then we'll store all of that for a week. So I don't I don't have trust in a company, whether it's Xfinity or ADT or any of those, that this stuff is not going to be in the wrong hands at some point because there's so many hacks lately there's so many 
companies who you thought should be good at security and just aren't that have had problems. It's like, no, the less you give them of that category, you know, the better. Although, you know, they deserve what they get for some people. I mean, there's a reason most people aren't flocking to the nude beaches because the people that are there, you don't want to see nude. And that may be the same. Right, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Man. <laughs> I was going to say, like, no, I'm just, so, I mean, you, if, so if you go, I mean, you really want to see the 400 pound guy in, you know, just strutting around in all of his glory. You want to see that? I've never seen a 400 pound guy strut ever. <laughs> um, I think it would be one of those things for me. I got to see it before I can uh, really settle one way or the other. Yeah, you that's the thing. You know, it. It's not so much that I want to see it as much that there's a lack of me like not wanting to see it. You know, Mama, I don't have Mama this, like, said, try something one time. Very got open to new experiences, man. <laughs> and old experiences sometimes, depending on which uh, experience it is. Some are new, some are old. One old experience that will no longer be happening in Washington, because, I mean, not the state of Washington, but in Washington, D.C. You know, the football team that was formerly known as the Washington Redskins, which is now just like the Washington Football Club or something. They never yeah. did come up with a name, did they? Football team. That's what they went with for the last season. The football. Washington football team. <laughs> so all season, guys just like apologizing. Uh, the Redskins, I mean, uh, football team. Yes, the football team in Washington. I mean, I, that makes me want to go and just buy so much merchandise. It just says Washington football team. Wow, you guys put a lot of time and effort into the marketing of that. But they're making e- even <laughs> further changes for the upcoming season. No more cheerleaders. No. Uh, has been a really? staple. Yeah. No more cheerleaders in Washington. Instead. They want to be more inclusive, so they're going to have a co-ed dance squad instead. And I call bullshit because if you really wanted to be inclusive, you'd have women on the team, not just on the sidelines. Then if you really want to, if you so concerned that the cheerleading squad didn't have any men in it and that was a problem, then why aren't you concerned that your team doesn't have any women on it? I want to know. I'm pretty sure that's misogynist. Like, how how many women they're just kicking out of jobs and replacing with men? Like, that is one of the sides of this whole thing that incredible they don't understand as far as the reactions that are going to have this. This call for we want equity is not one that treats everybody equally. I mean, in fact, it's set up to not treat people equally. To choose them based upon factors well beyond are they the best person for the job? It becomes, oh, do you have the right genitalia? Oh, is your skin the right color? Rather than, oh, let's do a tryout and see if you can actually perform the job. Well, it's actually, you know, you need to boost the people that aren't as qualified for the job because it's not fair that they don't get the job when they're not as qualified. So you need to boost them. Well, one thing we did notice in the world is. The high paid supermodels are finding themselves out of a lot of gigs and making a lot less money. And I'm sure some people are applauding that, but the reality is it's hurting some people like Coke dealers. And well, it's helping others. I mean, look at sites like OnlyFans. 
the people that are making money and the same thing, even if you want to go down to non-paid sites, the people on TikTok and Instagram that have become influencers that can get a bunch of stuff for free or get paid a lot of money just for taking a video or a picture while, you know, while drinking somebody's energy drink. More times than not, the people that are making out are the attractive ones. That is just so horrible. But I mean, being pretty is good for business, man. Have you all ever have you all ever looked into the beauty community on YouTube like uh, Jeffrey Star or James Charles? I have not. What would we find? Uh, lots and lots and lots of fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I want lots and lots of fucking money. I mean, like all cash, baby. Money. Uh, it's just more YouTube personalities. They they make a fuck ton. Uh, the reason James uh, Charles came up, he's under some fire because he was fucking texting somebody that was underage. As it goes, and uh, now he's trying not to get canceled, but. Well, they're going after everybody. I mean, they're going after Eminem now, which is hilarious because I guess the the latest generation now is what Generation Z or something. And now they're going after Eminem and the millennials who have overall been the people trying to cancel everybody are going like, no, we like him. It's a little it's a little confusing to trying to figure out what people want to. how far they want to go back in somebody's past. It's like the Dr. Seuss thing. There's no question in the world that Dr. Seuss was a racist early on in his career. There's evidence of it. There were drawings that he did, but people change and it seems he did. And does that mean you have to cancel every bit of work he's ever done? Well, and you have to also appreciate a little bit of context. You know, when Dr. Seuss draws a, a cartoon that is racist towards the Japanese in 1942. Now, why on earth would Dr. Seuss draw a cartoon that's racist against the Japanese in 1942? Was there something going on in 1942? There, there must have been some reason why there was a lot of animosity towards the Japanese here uh, in America in 1942. Does anybody want to chime in on that? No, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anything. Uh, I do have a, uh, <laughs> that New York Times article JCD was talking about. John C. Really, of the No Agenda program? That's the one. Uh, I believe it's last episode. But uh, Japanese began e- evacuation trek from the New York Times. I forget which year this was. Uh, March 24th, 1942. First caravan of 350 cars with 1,000 leaves. Uh, Los Angeles for Owens River Valley. Good humor prevails. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the vanguard of 100, uh, 112,000 Japanese aliens and American born who must evacuate the West Coast combat zone rolled up to the Owens Valley by motor convoy this evening to temporary new homes. The first 500 to arrive weary, but gripped with the spirit of adventure over a new pioneering chapter in American history drove the 230 miles from the outskirts of Los Angeles in their own cars paced by the highway patrolmen and army jeeps. I like that. The new spirit of adventure. Yeah. Let's that. I mean, if that's not the ultimate in spin, I don't know what is we're taking you to some camps because we don't trust you or the people that look like you. So let's call it an yeah. adventure. But and they, uh, I just seen somewhere um, kind of staying in the same vein with the current 
concentration camps. China just uh, ruled that homosexual uh, homosexuality is a or could be considered a mental disorder on the books. And uh, one of the perfect memes that that sums it up perfectly. It's like, okay, what's your response, Disney? What you gonna do, Disney? You fucking woke ass motherfucker. Sorry. They're going to do nothing. <laughs> early early AM or uh, early early AM show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not going to do anything because this isn't about being fair. This isn't about being logical. This is about going to the mat to push a certain narrative. There was a story this week. Uh, MSNBC's Joy Reid. I mean, she was almost canceled early on, which is, makes this kind of even more interesting to me because she was almost canceled. And I think it was homophobic or something things she said years ago. But somehow, because she's a staunch liberal, she got out of the, oh, you should never have a job on the television or radio or anywhere else ever again. But in response to the concept that Biden's border policies are helping spread COVID-19, she called that absurdly racist. And it's it, there's nothing racist about it. There's people coming in that you have no control over from another country where the covid disease is spreading. You're not testing anybody coming in. So they're carrying the disease in because people are still sick with this. The vaccines, which you can have a whole show on to begin with, but that's not really going on as much, I guess, in Mexico. So there's a lot of sick people coming in and it's not racist to say they're spreading disease. It's because they're coming from an area that is highly concentrated with the disease. There were states that were intentionally keeping people out from other states. So when that was happening, then if you were like, oh, this is New York saying we're not going to let anybody into New York or they're going to have to go into quarantine for two weeks if they come from Florida. Well, is that Floridaist? I mean, is that what is if if this is racist, then that was something. Uh, it makes about as much sense as Chaz or Chop showing up and immediately installing barricades and border patrol. Yeah, it, it's all just one giant joke. <laughs> it is. It, well, it's a lot of it is for show. I don't believe for a minute that the house which, of course, still run by Nancy Pelosi, who's the greatest speaker of the House in our lifetimes, I believe, that really thought they were going to be attacked yesterday because it was March 4th, which was the inauguration day from <laughs> years past. And this there was. Can, some- I, can I can I just say there for a second yeah. for that whole uh, gag about the inauguration? Yes. I, I legit thought that you were making fun of, uh, of Bo Jiden. The entire time. I should have just I should have just run with that. It would have been way better. Would have been way better. But once you become the meme, that's okay. It was the first time I I even I even based show art off of it with uh, Joe Biden with a mouthful of marbles, because I that's what I thought it came from. Yeah, the inauguration. Yeah. But it got us clipped on no agenda for the very first time. So I say that was a win. Yeah. You're doing something right. I was glad that John C. Dvorak was listening. I I was less glad when Ryan keeps trying to start fights with him, telling him he's saying words wrong on No Agenda Social. I'm just on Team JCD. He'll win. 
he has yeah. he has a mightier a mightier microphone, if you will, and pen or a computer or whatever it is. But the concept that there was going to be this big riot or this big attack from homegrown white terrorists who, you know, all of us, I think that would we would all be included was QAnon was going to rise up and attack the House of Representatives. That's what Nancy Pelosi believed. On the other hand, the Senate just went, (laughs) you guys are nuts and went on business as usual. So there's still a split between those two bodies. And I don't know, is it just that the Senate is more elevated? I guess, shall we say the Senate is definitely a more trusted body over they try the to, house, you know, carry a little more dignity or pretend they have more dignity, pretend but perhaps, but at least they try. I think there, there must just be too many intelligence agencies with too many, uh, plots going on at the same time. That they're crisscrossing. It's like March 4th. I, I get that was the old, uh, traditional inauguration date but there also seems to be some kind of neurolinguistic thing about march 4th hey everybody march 4th onto the capitol true oh yeah i can see that they had to go with march 4th which happens to be a thursday which you know if you're employed it kind of is a pain in the ass day to go to washington well it's always a pain in the ass to loot and riot if you have a job yeah absolutely and, you know, most of the people who are in these silent majority type movements aren't going to be the hitting the streets type of people, you know, just because they're really pissed off about the way things are going. It's going to it's going to more come down to how they vote and where they spend their money. And, you know, after this, after the doubt sowed in the last election cycle, uh, that that vote thing means even less than it already did. So now you're just down to how are you going to spend your money? Where are you going to put your money? And really, that's a vote that you have every day. So it matters a lot more anyway. That's true. And I just want to let you know that CSB is listening. Hi, CSB. He knows who I am. He knows who Lorian's hubby is. He doesn't know the other voice. So obviously, you're not on the radar yet, Boobery. You need to work that's harder. That's fine. You need to work. That's okay. Just keep, keep, keep at it. This is your big moment. Yeah, it's your time to shine. Oh. Once well, the, I'm gonna start, uh, I'm gonna start a countdown like a rare encounter for how many episodes I can go without mentioning CSB. Well, no, you have to mention CSB. <sighs> okay, all right. Next, next Monday, next Monday, once nine thirty. Once the Polish palm knows who you are, then you are, then you exist. And if you do a solo show, it's not a podcast; it is a monologue. So, well, uh, I've, I've I've had my experiences with monologues in the past before. He has uh, he has decreed that. But did you see this new House bill that they just passed, which it's never going to get anywhere near getting through the Senate? But it's the bill that is if if, if it went through would totally remake the way elections are done in the United States. And when you read this, it is unbelievable that this was actually something put together and passed in the house of representatives because I think it's 20 right now, attorney generals, or I think from that, what has to do it from each individual state have already filed a lawsuit saying it's unconstitutional. So, you know, that's a bad sign 
for legislation when 20 different states are already going after it the day it's passed. But they want to do all sorts of crazy things like no restriction on the mail in voting. They want no restriction on having to show any ID. And I don't know if we've ever had that conversation on Grumpy Old Bands. We probably did as far as showing ID or not for the purpose of voting. And everybody that's crying that this is so very racist and unfair, even if you point out to them, it's like, okay, let's see. The uh, two countries that border the United States, Mexico and Canada, you know what they both have? You have to show your ID when you vote. It's one of the most ludicrous arguments and items that they keep pushing. I mean, you have to show ID to buy a copy of Halo. I had to show ID (laughs) when I was a kid. Well, now they're trying to show ID for cigarettes, booze. I mean, medication. It's insane. I think. And now, well, yeah, now they're trying to make it illegal to buy video games in Illinois if they're violent. But yes, if you're picking up a prescription, you have to show ID. If you're buying something that has the magic meth drug in it, uh, what's it, dexafederin or something? Wait, then, there's a magic meth drug? Yeah, that they used to Are make Are you holding meth. out on me, Darren O'Neill? Yeah, that's what they... Crank it up! If you want to buy these pills, you know, these basic sinus pills, you have to show ID because, well, they could be used in the making of meth. Ooh, so scary. It's like this you need ID for, but voting, no, I- no. I just had uh, the most brilliant fucking exit strategy. We take the best of both worlds. Yes. That sort of, I put that shit on everything. Methamphetamine and RNA. Let's go. Like, let's figure <laughs> out how we can combine these. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, combine them. Everybody will be a little wired, but uh, maybe that's not so bad. Uh, more like a little rewired. Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reprogram everybody. <laughs> Well, and that is, I think, what you're seeing to a well, that's why people are afraid of the vaccines and perhaps rightfully so. The numbers aren't out there to prove enough yet. And I do. It's a little tiresome. I've seen postings even from semi legit sources that are like, oh, you know, 20 pregnant women got the the thing, the the jab. And then had a miscarriage within X amount of days. It's like, but what is the average? Because women have miscarriages all the time, even when there aren't vaccines. So pointing everything to this happened to this person after they had the vaccine, what were the odds it was going to happen before? And are those odds raised is the question. Not that it happened because bad things happen to people all the time. Women have miscarriages all the time. People have heart attacks and strokes all the time. And I'm not saying none of this is related to the vaccine, but each and every one of these stories that we've seen so far is still just uh, conjecture because there's no proof that the two are related. Now, it should be investigated, but a lot of this is also, I think, just fear mongering because, well, people are kind of dumb. You'll just say, hey, this happened. Well, you know what? Sir Spencer was on grumpy old Ben's and then the FBI raided his house later that day. That was obviously because he was on grumpy old Ben's talking about oh, no no you can't say things like that now i have to talk about quicker no the the fbi CSB, can't be that quick are they csb told me to uh say kurva it's a magic polish word you know the, that will ward off all of our bad sounds and all of the feds well that's good for both of those nice we don't want yeah. bad sounds we don't want feds but that is what's 
well, that's what's posing as news right now. And a lot of it is social media and people want to make the connections, which is maybe why QAnon has gotten more popular because people are more apt to buy into a lot of this stuff because they're at home and things have radically changed over the last year. And there's a lot of questions to be asked. The, well, I mean, what's what's to stop it from going the other direction where they've been sitting at a home mass consuming M5M? You know, they're like, oh, no, there is there could never be any correlation. There is absolutely without any shred of hesitancy. There's no con- there's no connection between getting injured and taking this medical device. Or a vaccine, I guess. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Robert Kennedy lately. Well, the problem uh, is, too. No, nobody is being silent, censored, or shut down for saying that the vaccine is, you know, too efficient or that it has too high of an efficacy. You know, if if you're saying things on the other side, right, that are ridiculous and above the middle, where we all know it probably is, uh, there's no there's no pushback. There's only pushback on a certain narrative, right? Pushback from on, on one side and. I mean that it just it goes across all these fucking topics and it it manifests in uh in that QAnon side too. It's just it's all just fucking further and further division. Um I just think with the the vaccines, like we might not be able to tell in the immediate if there is any connection or not between miscarriages and taking this vaccine, but who's to say what's gonna happen two, three generations down the line, especially if they start uh promoting the idea of multiple injections every year. Right. Which is that goes right. 20 and 21, 22. And yeah. And that starts going into the eugenics. There's no question there because people know they're trying to do something. There's a certain amount of people that want to do this. And this is a perfect opening of the door because the media, the most telling thing recently is the fact that the cases of COVID fell off a cliff for whatever reason. And anybody that's reasonable that knows how to do the math would say, okay, so we have a vaccine, but this is way too fast for that to be having an effect. We're seeing cases drop off at the same time we're being fed, oh, dangerous new variant. Oh, no, dangerous new variant. Oh, oh, this, we're, well, it's good. There could be a surge. Rather I mean, than it, reporting that the numbers are down, the news media is still pumping it in the other direction. And who's to prevent them from saying that people that do get severely injured, people that do die from taking these shots, what's to say that they're going to relabel it as variant cases? And they could. There's no reason they wouldn't. <laughs> that's just like I mean, that, that's definitely the it, it's a kind of a defeatist attitude, maybe, but that seems to be the most logical step they take for me because I don't think that they're going to be able to shove this sort of shit under the rug just based on how many people have been posting fucking pictures of their vaccine cards, their vaccination cards. And that is something that seems to be, I mean, it was predicted on no agenda pretty early on. And it's interesting to see the amount of countries that have jumped on a system like this, which, you know, you're free. If you, you don't have to take the vaccine, but if you do, then you'll be able to go back to 
eating at a restaurant or going to a concert or going to a movie or getting on an airplane or a Greyhound bus without that. Well, they could tell you no to all of these things. So we're not going to force you to get the vaccine. But if you don't, there's going to be drastic things that will happen to your life in a negative (laughs) way. And well, this is exactly I remember when I first start watching or listening to Glenn Beck, which I know crazy conspiracy clown, everybody says uh, he was pushing the thing because it was uh, Obama at the time. Cass Sunstein was the head of something and he was talking about they're not going to make this stuff illegal. They're just going to make it really expensive or really inconvenient. So we've seen that happen too. he. One of the things he pointed out was, well, they're not going to make sugar illegal, but it's going to cost you $20 to buy a big gulp. And we saw New York tried to limit sugar drinks to like six ounces or eight ounces of servings or something. If you went into a gas station, there's some crazy stuff that has been tried and it's not, oh, the laws aren't going to change, but we'll just push you in that other direction. Then gas prices going sky high. Also, going to push you towards electric vehicles, going to push you towards working from home, going to push you towards not traveling. It's it's pretty insidious when you really look at it all. Yeah, well, it's wild when the system is this big and the the control mechanisms are that entrenched that you're you're absolutely right. They don't have to ban anything outright. They just have to, you know, slightly pull this lever and tug this string a little bit, change a little bit of inputs, re rearrange the algorithms. And then at like that point, it's just a, a numbers game. It's just a numbers game. You know, we're like, oh, well, we're just going to we're just going <laughs> to get we don't need every single, you know, we don't need a shot in the arm of every American. We just need to say shot in the arm of every American over and over and over again. And enough will get it that we get our thing accomplished. Yeah, they'll manifest their intent. They just repeat it. That's all they got to do. Yeah, uh, this is line. definitely like on top of the just the general alienation from because. 2020 is the longest period that I've ever been in one place since maybe 2000 because I'm either jumping between tours or jumping between gigs. And uh, it's just, it's caused no, no, um, how do I describe it? There's no, there's not been any like sense of release because if tours do go back out, and let's say they don't the the production company doesn't mandate a fucking shot. You're still going to be flying every week. You're still going to be taking buses every week. You're still going to be fucking dealing with all these different theaters all across the nation. I mean, some of them in Florida, Texas, Missouri, they might be pretty cool, but I mean, there's the fucking theaters in New York that are already not very cool, <laughs> you know, like, right. um, so I just, in like, I was kind of talking to Sir Spencer a little bit about this last night. What if they man? What if they fucking mandate mask on a on a tour bus? Like, <laughs> and I know people are going to be about it. People are going to need it. People are going to fucking fight for it. Hmm. Well, because they don't understand the science, and it seems like we're doing something, and that is for whatever uh, reason because the they worship the science <laughs> without knowing the science, which is the hilarity of. All of that. I just saw an article this morning. This is from Reuters. I mean, I was kind of surprised, but a Japanese supercomputer has done the work when it comes to wearing two masks. And as I was saying right from the start, it doesn't make sense when you know how masks work. 
adding a second second mask, especially what Fauci, I think, was saying that, oh, this raises the ability for it to work, like almost doubled the the protection you were getting. Not true, according to a Japanese supercomputer that does simulations. And it said using a single surgical type mask made of non-woven material, it had an 85 percent effectiveness at blocking particles when it was worn tightly around the nose and face, which makes sense. If you added a polyurethane mask on top of that, only boosted it slightly from 85 to 89. But wearing two non-woven masks, it says not useful because air resistance builds up, which actually causes then leakage around the edges of the mask because it's not a seal. So when you breathe in, if the two masks are too thick, which they are, that it's easier for air. This is the path of least resistance. The air is going to come in from the corners of the mask, which isn't going to be filtered at all. The researchers led by a guy named Makoto Tuskabora. Wow. Yeah. Japanese. I'm not good at Japanese said the performance of double masking simply does not add up. So why is that being pushed? I don't understand. I mean, you could say you think people like Fauci are stupid and maybe they are. But this seems to me just to be another kick in the nads, really, that, oh, this is still there and it's dangerous. You have to do everything you can, including now wear two masks because they know they don't really do anything. We have enough data already to compare something like California and Florida and say two completely different states that did things two completely different ways as far as being locked down and not where California was totally locked down, Florida way more lax. And comparing the population sizes and everything, the numbers are so close that there is almost no difference between the two ways they dealt with it. So why are lockdowns still being pushed? Again, that's that's where we go into the behind the schemes to find out the 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 nefariousness of it. Exactly. Those <laughs> schemes are getting behind us all. They're scheming. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, you know, it's it's kind of fun going finding that clip of the uh I forget which agency he was a part of. He was like, Yeah, my daughter created this fucking lockdown model for a high school science fair. Uh-huh. It sounds really cool. <laughs> We can We're all, gonna do it. We can all jump on that. This uh, had never been done before, and it was. This is again how it was sold in such a either completely unknowing way, which is maybe possible because politicians are stupid. I mean, I have no misconception that the people elected they may be good leaders, but they're certainly not scientists, and most of the time they're not good leaders. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to Big deadly virus. I get why everybody panics and has a knee jerk reaction. And I think a lot of them did believe, oh, 14 days to flatten the curve. And you're now a year later and they're like, well, lockdowns are still working. I don't. Yeah, there's always some kind of a ready made uh, justification in people's mind, even though the the lies are so plainly obvious, especially in the longer the timeline goes. You know, yeah. how many times have they lied to us about the timeline? And now and now like Fauci in says, well, syndrome. Maybe by Christmas. Well, you know what maybe by Christmas means if we started out with definitely just 14 days. Right. right. It's, you uh, know, this is going to be forever. If they have their way, this is going to be forever. 
And it's because it's good for business. This is one thing that's it's also been proven. Certain business. <laughs> well, right. With that, well, the business that it's good for is pharma and media. Because yep. media, this story, like Donald Trump, has driven people to watch the nightly news. I mean, this is the reason why when Trump, when this first started, was doing like an hour plus news conference every day that the everybody was covering. This was big news. And this was making the media corporations a lot of money. And now Trump's gone. And Joe Biden, has anybody noticed he's hiding? Total I mean, snooze fest. I mean, you can't even have a water cooler talk about that guy. It, it doesn't last more than four minutes. Because there's nothing to say. He's not there's there. There's nothing to say. It's just so painful. And he's not out in public, which right off the bat should be a concern. And I don't, the media is never going to ask because they're in on the, we just want Biden here. At this point, I, I do feel like Biden is nothing more than a puppet with uh, Susan Rice and Barack Obama's hands up his ass. That's kind of the way it feels like. And this is why he's not taking any direct questions from the media. And when he does, it seems like they are pre-chosen people to ask. And the questions have probably been gone over because Joe is not mentally there, which is I don't care. If you like Trump or hate Trump, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. The fact that Joe Biden doesn't seem to be mentally competent to just be a normal dude at his age living his life. The fact that he doesn't seem like I don't have the trust that he could get up in the morning and make it through a normal day without some kind of help. The fact that he's leading the United States and the leader of the free world is very concerning. Well, there's just, I mean, you can tell a leader by the people following them. That's the whole etymology of leader. You have a leader and then you have followers. And Biden isn't leading anybody. He's being led. And Progo pointed it out in the chat that, uh, I don't know if you saw that clip this week of where he's at the end of the uh, real short conference or gaggle or whatever he's doing. And he's like, well, I'll, uh, I'll. I'll take your questions or whatever you want me to do. And then they just cut the feed. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you know? said, I'll take and your it's question. Like, if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nancy, yeah, you know, something it's not like that. Really clear who he's like reaching out to of like, like uh, I'll do whatever you tell me to do as always. Like, <laughs> it's like, you're the president, dude. You tell them what to do. I'll try to oh, read the card. Oh, this, you is, hand me. this is interesting. I got some, uh, I got some news coming in here. They've released Joe Biden's morning schedule. Uh, number one on the list, it says, uh, wake up. Number two, it says, uh, take a shit. Number three. Oh, interesting. Get out of bed. <laughs> in that order. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't understand how anybody wanted this guy in that position or why, again, the Democrat party who, whether you liked Barack Obama or not, I disagreed with a lot of his policies, but I appreciated that the Democrat Party had a fairly young black guy as president. That is, he when he was qualified, there's nobody that can tell you he's not. He's a very smart guy. What happened? Why did it go? Why did we go back to Hillary and Biden after? Barack Obama. Well, I don't I don't think okay. So the way that I look at it, 
the last time that we had a president that wasn't associated with the Bush dynasty would, would have been Carter. Trump was a small breakaway from that. Uh, whether it was intentional or not, whether he was uh, placed just like Joe Biden was or not, I don't know. I'd like to think that he wasn't. Um, there's ways that the uh, this election was handled that I can't help but question. Maybe, maybe Trump was just used as a deliberate accelerant. I, I don't know. But what yeah. I do know, he's not associated. He's not part of that gang. He might be. He might be his own gang. He might be part of the military industrial complex gang. I don't know. But he's not. He's not fucking Reagan and George Senior Satan himself. He's not Satan himself and uh, Bill Clinton. You know they're they're running drugs together. It's not Bill Clinton and uh, Senior's son Junior. It's not Junior and fucking Obama who I I tend to believe Mo. I, I think uh, Obama was raised um, as a CIA asset. Uh, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities. And then turn around, you got fucking Clinton, Bill's wife, and then now it's Biden, the former VP. I, I just you know all these all these motherfuckers are part of the same neocon neoliberal. Cult. It it just seemed like maybe the corruption stack got too high where <clears throat> like, you know, when blackmail piles up and piles up over a matter of decades and decades. Oh yeah. And these people are still alive, then, you know, I mean Biden, it seemed in the primary, like at some point he just pulled the seniority behind this behind the schemes and uh said no, God damn it. Like we have all of this stuff. This is how it works. It's my turn. And, uh, I'm the primary winner and it's weird how everybody, you know, folded back behind them. And then it's also strange how for the VP, they trot out Kamala Harris, who, you know, just checks, just checks the ambiguous color card, but was wildly unpopular in the democratic primaries was yes. wildly unpopular with, uh, the left, uh, you know, progressive activists like the street commies. She's wildly unpopular with all of those, but why, you know, why did they pick her? Did they like realize their mistake of all of our, well, shit, all of our people that we're passing the torch to are ridiculously old and decrepit. We need somebody just like super young, but still just as compromised. Well, Biden talked Kamala's himself perfect. into the corner with, my, I'm, I'm going to pick a woman of color as my vice president and the people sure. you can choose from are not as, not, not the hugest of pools to choose from right there. But just to play devil's advocate, I mean, just because you made a promise doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be any consequences. If you don't keep that promise, you can look anywhere else in the administration. You can look at your two thousand dollar check that's going to come. Yeah, tomorrow. If you vote yeah. for these two senators in Day Georgia, one. those checks will be written tomorrow. That sounds Day like one, a baby. bribe. No, that's what I said. <laughs> I'm like, how isn't that election interference promising money that you're buying votes? I still go along with that as well, but I because well, rules only apply to us, you know, the the slaves. They do not apply to anybody with even they don't even apply to the puppets of the uh, people in charge. Now, I do like the conspiracy theory. If you go by all elections are fixed and they just let you vote, but it's meaningless, then the Trump winning. Whether he was a part of it or not, and I would bet he was not, because yeah, I don't think I, I, lean, I think I lean more towards that than anything. But 
I don't think he's that good of an actor, but I see the ability now if they were going to be like, okay, you know what? Uh, we need to really push this country towards socialism. We need to do some really crazy stuff really fast. So let's let Trump have this and from day one be pounding this stuff. So by the time the next guy gets in, that maybe they knew it was Biden, maybe not, but whoever their next guy gets in in four years, going to be able to do the craziest stuff because we're going to be saving everybody from the disaster that was Donald Trump. And I can see that. And then you really have to say they knew COVID was coming at that point, too. But because without yeah, COVID, uh, I don't think you can do this. And one of the searches I had found, Build Back Better, went back to the mid 2000s and they had found it associated with Bill Clinton. So I think I think a good chunk of this has been on the table for a while. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. Uh, and the news today was a black unemployment rate continues to rise despite declines for all other groups. So now is this I guess Biden must be racist because black unemployment's going up, but unemployment for all other groups are going down. Why is that? Uh, this is I, I meant to bring this up earlier um, and I don't have a clip because I just I'm not prepared, but we don't uh, do clips. The, clips are for wimps. the uh theo vaughn episode with rfk jr um it's about it's just after the halfway mark but he's talking about a study from the late 90s where they were able to correlate uh, a one percent rise to a certain amount of deaths in unemployment so like let's say the unemployment rose like three uh like to to three percent or whatever from one percent as an example, that was 30,000 people that didn't survive because of uh, unemployment, not having shelter, not having food, not having health care, so on and so forth. Um, so I, I, I got to go back and find it. Theo Vaughn, RFK Jr., very interesting uh, because how much, how much did unemployment rise in 2020? It was seven, eight, nine points. Oh, it was astronomical. Yeah. And. Uh, just and everything right beforehand, all time lows in unemployment across the board, including all time low unemployment in the black demographic, all time low in the Hispanic demographic. Things were really, really good until COVID. And I do believe that without COVID, Trump walks in to a second term because I don't think anybody was going to be able to cheat that well if there was enough cheating going on to cover that you needed to do something to make people question what trump was doing and he was a lot of things he was a blowhard he would say things without necessarily thinking or he would say things in a way that was not eloquent enough that they could turn even if he didn't speak or misspeak that badly you get the oh he told people to drink bleach or you know they could swallow light bulbs or something <laughs> I, like I, that I, I like the uh, inject bleach straight into your lungs. Uh-huh. It's like, just, <laughs> can somebody please get me that exact quote? I would like to hear that. Uh, no, that no, was Pelosi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, this is what she told me to Nancy. We never trust Nancy. She doesn't know where she is either. 
God, was it on Hog Stories? I think maybe it was with the DC girl. They were talking about Nancy Pelosi keeps clones of herself so that she can like harvest them <laughs> <laughs> for immortality. Yeah, they're hitting it. Explain a lot more than the QAnon stuff. But that's for sure. Uh huh. Didn't you know if you go into Nancy Pelosi's free game, move the ice cream, there's, yeah, there's a secret, you know, room. There's a stack. <laughs> it's a lot of ice cream she had, man. That's weird. That is <laughs> a lot God. for yeah. how thin she is. I mean, uh-huh. you don't know what's in those ice cream containers. I sure don't want to. Mm-hmm. Those are things that should be looked into though. Post haste. I think. I think. Oh so. yeah. I'm sure they'll open up some kind of commission on it and get right to the very bottom of it very soon. I mean, if that's not a title and a topic for a behind the schemes, Nancy Pelosi's freezer that could take you hours to. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, just on principle alone, we're going to add it to the growing sticky note list of amazing things that I've heard on a podcast. You should. You, you never know what you're going to hear on podcasts. That's why they're going after the Nancy podcast. Pelosi's, or oh, that would be yes. a great band name. Yeah, that too. Far too unpredictable and uncontrollable to be legal. Podcast or Nancy Pelosi. Oh, podcasts. Nancy Pelosi is <laughs> Which a is pillar why. of the American, you know, government and oh, Darren, a public you servant. For, <laughs> you you asked for uh, an elevator pitch. I have a better one okay. for behind the schemes. The best part of waking up is mind crime in my cup. Nice. <laughs> I mean, nice. you might get sued by uh, Folgers, but that's <laughs> actually, you know Damn what? It. Most people Parody that work exception. for Folgers now is probably too old or too young. To remember that so you're probably okay nice you're probably okay it's like and there's parody so that too although a lot of people don't understand the fair use and parody which is why you get back into the copyright concept and i mean how much how much how big of a percentage of your audience darren is the uh, legal team at folgers <laughs> you would hope not i mean although we welcome everybody and if they want to send some free coffee Although Folgers is kind of crap. They're all like sitting in some cube farm right now with their phone on. With the, a podcast is talking about us. A podcast is talking about airwaves. us. airwaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> can we get them for that? Can we get them for that? We have to wait until they actually publish it. And then, yeah, we can get them for that. We can get them. Oh, we're we're going to get the fuck out of them. If they <laughs> sing the melody. So good. Yeah, the melody will get you. The best part of waking up is Folgers in my cup. Everybody now we're sued, don't you? Yeah, now we're sued. Uh, that, that feels better. It's like singing "Happy <laughs> Birthday." You know, I couldn't couldn't go to work with a clear conscience of not pulling some sort of chicanery before work. You have to. Oof. It's the only way. You ever it. drink that shit though, Folgers? Oh my no. goodness! No, it's not good. <laughs> even, even like the no the no brand like Meyer whatever they sell is better than that. But I everybody agree. has their own taste. I mean, Bemrose, he's a coffee snob. He can tell you all about the coffee. Oh, yeah. In Seattle, I guess you have. To I be. know. I know too much about coffee. See, I was a roaster for a while here locally. Oh, well, then you really know. And once you know, you can't unknow it. That's the problem. So when you taste it, then you're like, oh, man, somebody did all do the you can taste right. the oppression in Folgers. <laughs> you can taste the exploitation. Is it, is it a is it a good flavor, though? I mean, I mean, oh, it's- no. You want you want I'd rather drink coffee. that monkey shit coffee that 
<laughs> Capiloa, whatever it's called. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the one like goats poop out or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a jungle cat, a certain jungle cat indigenous to the Indonesia. I just want to know who originally figured out that was a thing to do. I can tell you. Oh, good. Uh, tell us about it. Tell us some coffee so history, the, something Ryan Bemrose has never brought. That's why we have Spencer here. The way it origin, uh, the way it originated was the people who harvested and uh, the people who harvested the coffee, the coffee cherries, because that's that's how they grow. They grow as a cherry on a tree. So the people who harvested those beans would uh, be banned from actually drinking coffee. They couldn't consume coffee. It was reserved for the elite class. Ooh. But they found uh, that this animal who was eating the cherries, uh, you could find the beans in their scat. And so it was kind of a, originally a loophole for the regular working class people to be able to consume coffee. The original they would, loophole loophole. Yes. They would find this. Uh, yes. Net Ned's right. It's called Kopi Luwak. I always have to look it up because I never remember the name. Damn. But that, uh, that yes, it was the poopoo, the poopoo loophole that became eventually a novelty. Uh, and now people pay like absorbent amounts of money to try what, what has to be a shitty cup of coffee. I mean, I've never actually had it, but Progo says he doesn't need caffeine that badly. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Why is it uh, always the, like the elite stuff is kind of super gross. Like, isn't that how they used to make the color purple is they crush up like snail bits or something? Red I don't know, it's still. like a weird self-hazing or something where it's like... Well, it's not even self-hazing because you got to get the people to do it for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it, man. I'll never understand the elite. I will never be in touch with them. It's rare, so it must be good. Yeah. Like caviar. Have you ever had caviar? No. No, I like oh myself my too much. I've tried it one time and it was fucking disgusting. It's like salty jelly only like there's no words i can describe the saltiness of it because caviar one bite of it is the saltiest thing i've ever tasted wow and i've tasted salt (laughs) just plain table salt caviar is somehow saltier than if you fucking lick the salt off of a salted pretzel i don't know how they do it about licking the ocean (laughs) (laughs) you ever lick the salt right off the pretzel the best part of waking up is salty jelly in your cup. That's the most disgusting uh, shit I've ever, ever encountered. Now, have you had Rocky Mountain oysters, though? I've not. They're not Chris. bad. <laughs> I'm more open to that, though. I mean, <laughs> blue collar guys like that. Oh, shellfish. Yeah. Yeah. Shellfish, you, you know, sure. oysters, oysters are a little snotty, but, you know, if you do the whole horseradish thing with the cocktail sauce, with the little lemon and a cracker and the whole preparation, they're actually quite good. Yeah, but Rocky Mountain oysters are better. Rocky Mountain oysters, we we all know it's bull balls. Yeah. They got to be fried up. They got to be thinly sliced, breaded. You do that. Uh, but gator bits are good, too. I and mean, if you just want to go to an animal that seems weird. That I've had. Gator nuggets. Yeah. Delicious. A little tough, I'd, but. And kangaroo jerky in uh, Australia. Good day. Tasted like fucking like jerky. Well, yeah, all jerky tastes like jerky. It doesn't matter what it's made out of. It's jerky. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I actually have no idea if it was actually made of kangaroo or not. <laughs> they just give you like rabbit jerky. And like, oh, yeah, it's kangaroo, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're an American. All right. I would say it's koalas. Whatever works. 
whatever works, but uh, whatever the market will bear. I don't know when uh, the political system here can get back to a system that people actually trust. I don't believe that's in our lifetime coming. So uh, I guess we just try to mitigate the damage that's caused. And uh, I, I do think a lot of it is people just besides us podcasters and the people that listen to podcasts, way too many people are completely disconnected from politics, at least here in the United States, that you want to know how misinformation spreads. It's because people don't pay any attention whatsoever. And the one person you hear stuff from, you're probably going to believe it. And this is why all of the people talking about the vaccines or COVID that are saying things the WHO and CDC don't like, the fact that they're all being silenced adds to this exponentially because it's not even, oh, well, there's two different sides and people can make up their minds. It's, oh, your opinion is so dangerous that we can't even let you say it. The fact that they totally erased every last bit of Trump's CPAC speech from YouTube and I'm sure Twitter and everywhere else, the fact that they are going to continue to erase every last bit of that should concern people on both sides because if you think that there are fair elections and you think your side's going to win again do you not think the same thing's going to happen well it's just going to streisand affect him you know the more you ban it and try to hide it and say oh don't look at that don't look at that it's just it just feeds the fire right which you would think they would know that or are they too stupid these people that are oh, running I think this social media stuff it's a combination of st- stupidity and uh a inflated inflated sense of you know intelligence they think that they're much smarter than they are well they think they're and, right uh, i mean i think the people like he, that say trump is hitler believe that he's hitler yeah yeah i think, so, uh, so. They, I think the phrase they, i've been chewing on for the past couple of days is i am the arbiter of truth and justice taste the bottom of my boots <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and having somebody or a group that is the arbiter of what is truth and what is just is is not good. It is very Orwellian, and I know that's the comparison a lot of people keep making, but it's because it's true. The world we're living in now, because of technology, has changed so drastically in the last 20 years that, uh, you know, the other day, was uh, what Wednesday was Alexander Graham Bell's birthday and did a little segment on random thoughts. And it's like, well, he's the guy that invented the microphone. So thank you from podcasters everywhere. But he invented the telephone. But even right after he invented the telephone, he wouldn't have it in his workroom because he didn't want to be bothered. What would he think of telephones today? I want to know, because I think he'd be horrified. Oh, yeah. The monster he created. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean. It's the, it's a weird trade off with progress, you know, because every time you go another step away from, um, what we were as cavemen or just you know very basic and sustainable life, uh, it gets more and more out of control. Well, and there was a article on, uh, I forget what it was even on, but it was talking about the internet and how. Internet access is now a necessity. 
to live in the United States. And it was essential to your day to day doing what you need to do. And I don't know if I agree with that because I know there are people who don't use the internet and they still live and they still go to work. And there's, you know, I'm but just, I'm it's just wow. one of those things where the exceptions prove the rule or, I mean, maybe, but are you, are you going to can't, how, how would it be if you had no internet access? I mean, it would be hard James. to podcast. Be, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do, but if you're not, I, mean, a I know most of, most I, of I what vinyl, I do. I get a vinyl press out back. Nice. I need one of those. <laughs> But impossible. If if you I mean either one of you guys, I think all of us. If somebody was like, yeah, go on some kind of dream vacation, go to a deserted, you know, paradise somewhere and just lay on the beach all day, you could do that for a month. You don't need the internet sure. to. Oh yeah, this concept that oh no, it's a it's a necessity. I understand it can be helpful, but now we're also going into not only is the internet but broadband is essential and now how how far how far are you wanting to take this so i I think is my question like are you not allowed to use the internet or you're not allowed to interact with any internet enabled devices i mean um if you go to check out at a store or something like the credit card machines the, the the registers those are all hooked up to the internet of things um so i'm sure like you could pay cash no problem but you still got to interact with that computer and it's on a network i think that like uh as far as survival goes you're absolutely right that like i mean i'm an eagle scout and i could survive without the internet um for uh, quite a long time but the implications economically that's where we're all woven into the thing and i probably what the what the push is is that economically the whole system is so tethered now but to is the it, internet. Right. But is it the internet or is it broadband? Because here's it was actually in an article on the US government should protect the public from copyright extremes. So I don't even remember exactly how the you know oh, this that quote, seems like a big leap. <laughs> this quote came in that the internet is a necessity. But the way I would look at it is, you know, they've been talking about this now as pushing broadband into all these areas in the United States that don't have it. If you live out in the middle of nowhere, I get it. It costs a lot of money to run the cable and satellite service still kind of stinks, but it's there. But then they start going, well, you know, the bar on what is broadband, which for a while, I think it was down to like one or three megabits per second. I mean, it was fairly low compared to what you can get now. And I think the qualification is still pretty low, but for your day to day essential now if your kid's a student something like that if you need to do email if you need to keep in communications with people you don't need broadband you can do email you can do texting you can do everything short of high def video streaming with almost nothing so this concept that no no people need like at least 50 megabits down to survive it's like why to you don't Watching YouTube, Hulu, or Netflix is not a necessity of life. Being yeah, able to communicate, sure. That's another Pandora's box issue. Just like, you know, studying and drinking good coffee. Once you've tasted it, I mean, I just ran a speedtest.net test while we were talking and while we're all connected. 
uh, and I'm getting 937 megs down and 937 megs up a second. And I really want to move into the woods, but for me, it's going to be really, really hard to leave those type of speeds, you know? Yeah, that's the download just because got, that upload. I'd love that upload. Oh, the upload's super nice If because I, I do post a, and push and stream and I'm putting a lot up sometimes. So. Well, you could stream to like 8,000 different streaming services at once. Video. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, there's That's a cool. lot of room left there. You got the pipes. But now they're giving people money back for their broadband bill. And this is where the country is quickly sliding into the socialist mindset is, well, you know, these underprivileged families, they can't afford the Internet. So we're going to just give them, you know, 50 bucks back towards their bill. and. For certain people, I'm fine with that. I mean, there are people that need a helping hand and there are people that need help getting on their feet. But these are usually the folks that have the latest iPhone and are spending $200 a month on their cell packages. But, you know, we should give them free Internet to their home. I mean, I think there should be some qualifications you have to make before you're getting the handout. Rather Definitely. Well. That's the big problem. I think that we could have like an interesting and discussing new, uh, a nuanced discussion about what is the need for internet and how much do you really need it? But then when you bring up, well, the government should provide the needs, that's where you lose me. Yes. Because that's not really the purpose of the government is to fulfill everyone's needs, even if they are needs. Because somebody else is paying for that. And then who gets to decide? you know who's eligible and then what money you know it's it's yeah. a uh, it's a slippery slope it's it's that uh you know it's the basis of marxism where it's like from each according to his ability to each according to his need well then you either have bureaucrats sitting in some office deciding who's got abilities and who's got needs you also have just everyday regular people who are incentivized to decrease their abilities and increase their needs, which is just a terrible way to run a society. It collapses super fast. It's like a feedback loop. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. It eats itself just, just based on that one. And that's the core tenant of the entire Marxist and, you know, socialist mind thought are those two things, which sounds so right and so true and so nice. But then put into practice, it immediately falls apart. And that's why it never works. Which is why you get so many people that will call for it, though. Oh, yeah. Well, it's nice to, you know, (laughs) oh, Christ, all my needs would be provided and I would only be asked what I'm able to do. That sounds like a, I don't know, what's the word, utopia? Yes. Guys, 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 I got to figure it out this time, man. It's going to work. Nobody's going to work. Nobody. Trust the plan, man. It's the plan. Nobody's ever done it right. And that is what they keep <laughs> Yeah, saying. we've never had the real equality. And I, that's the problem. I don't hundred think million people, people later. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't think people get that. It's not everybody's going to get to be the richest of the rich. Everybody's going to be equal, but you're all going to be at the bottom. You're all equally yeah. be equally destitute. Upon. Yes. I'll be destitute. You're not, not everybody's going to have the latest iPhone or Samsung phone and everybody's going to have gigabit up and down. Not everybody. No, everybody's going to have crap, but then you know what? Equity. Congratulations. We did it guys. Uh, yes. 
We're all we fucked just as much. Which is but that's a problem too, you know. Uh, some are more equal than others, and there's always the the pigs dining in the back room. Who, you know, and there's no way to equity. force the people to be equal. Everybody's created equal, but not everybody goes down the same path. There has been some very bright people who, for whatever reason, decided you know not to get educated or got into drugs or something that derailed their life, that they didn't fulfill their potential. Now, why should the people that made bad choices, which they were fully in control of, why should they be propped up while the people that work their ass off? And this is the thing that I keep going back when people push for the uh, student loans to be paid off. It's like, what about everybody that worked, paid their student loans off, worked hard, and were responsible for doing what they were supposed to do. Why do you want to actually promote the behavior of doing bad things to doing, you know, fiscally irresponsible things? It doesn't make sense unless you're trying to crash the system. Well, that's, that's what I did. Uh, right at the end of 2019, I finished paying off the student loans. Woo, congratulations. Put them in the grave. It felt uh, good. Yeah. It was an accomplishment. Um, yeah, you know, and I I did pretty good as far as like um keeping the amount of uh debt amassed low. I just took forever paying it off. Um but yeah, you know, I'm I'm not it's a system I would feel comfortable saying built out of uh jealousy and self-righteousness because the people that want to bring equity maybe uh, have this weird self-loathing of themselves because they could never push themselves as hard or as fast. Or, um, I mean, I, I can't ever deny that people have surrounding forces that shape them. And, um, a lot of the times those forces are overwhelming and they get consumed by whatever, uh, lifestyle or area that they're in. And, uh, I just, it's like Marxism prize off of or praise on this um feeling of of people generally i would hope want to do the right thing and you know why Mm -hmm. would you not want to help somebody but at the same time it breeds this uh malcontentment for people that have strived to and and you go and watch any fucking netflix movie i just watched one called uh, i care a lot and like the whole fucking the the villain for the movie is someone who's a, a hardcore capitalist, but they can't even um, they can't even drop the the fucking like uh, weaponized feminism in the character. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like she's super strong, but she's also super evil. It's, it was the best of both the worlds, in my opinion. Right um, out of Netflix uh, of recent memory. But yeah, they just, they, they find Marxism finds people that want to do the right thing and it breeds them to hate anybody that is successful because obviously it's those people, the, the successful ones, the ones that made it far in life, like fucking whatever, Jeff Bezos, like you, you make, you bring in billions of dollars. I mean, that's, that's what you do, boo. It's just what you do. I think there's like a bit of sleight of hand in what they do too, because you know, they, they, prey on people and say, well, you know, the reason that you're not successful like these people is because the system is rigged against you and the system is rigged for the powerful and the wealthy, but then they conflate 
the successful people and what they've done to overcome those barriers, uh, they complete that. They just put everybody in that category of, oh, these are all the powerful and wealthy. When the yeah, you know, the it, true elites are an incredibly small group. Right. Um, and that's like the, the most vicious and vile uh, dregs of corporatism. Mm-hmm. I, I got I got no problem with capitalism. I think it's worked well enough. Um, there's definitely been a tipping point when a lot of these companies, like when they get recognized as individuals. I mean that that's kind of fucking weird. That's a little transhumanist to me. I think, and um, you know the the weird uh, socialist hate when people point out the examples of capitalism's failure. Often they're examples where the punishments of capitalism were avoided or prevented you know you you just take the basic thing of the inability to sue pharmaceutical companies if you're injured by a vaccination of theirs you know that's that's not true free marketism the market can't respond to an injury by filing suit you know those are all uh if there's no recourse then you're not allowing capitalism to work then that reward and punishment system is something that if a true free market is implemented, we all have a voice in and we can all decide. Right. Well, well, that's one of the reasons even the virus is so nefarious and the things that it has done is because they're now using things like, well, you can't sue because we need to push these vaccines through. So if this happens, you can't sue. Or, you know, once restaurant opens up, you know, opens up, you can't sue if you get it. You think you got it at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. I mean, I understand there's two sides because this is a quite litigious society. And I'm really mad. I don't think I filled out the forms when the thing came out for a class action lawsuit against Facebook in Illinois because oh, they're oh, using- you could have probably got three bucks at the end of that. See, OK, that's exactly what I thought, Spencer. So I just was like, I've seen enough of these things that should sure. fill it out. And the end result is it's a check for three dollars. This one is three hundred and forty five dollars. And I'm like, damn, that's real money. That's a raspy blitz right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's some Hey-o. real cash but uh <laughs> so i understand we have a problem with both sides of the legal aisle there's yes most of look, at it, look at it this way like okay you're telling me that the american dream doesn't work what makes you think that i want any part to do with your fucking communistic nightmare right, how about well, that one the, the people <laughs> that want to hate jeff bezos i'm old enough that at one point in my lifetime, Jeff Bezos was a schlub starting a business selling books in his parents' garage and borrowing money from his parents to set it up. Oh, Hell yeah. Man. If you don't start off selling shit out of your parents' garage, there's like it's hard to amount to anything. <laughs> Steve Jobs did that too. He's probably my favorite of all of the well, billionaires. It's like how do recent. people look at that and go, you know, America, bad. This guy had nothing 20 years ago. Now he's a multi-billionaire. How horrible. It's because they don't have billions of dollars, but they also didn't work their ass off to get it. And yes, there was some luck and timing involved with Steve Jobs and with Bezos. But a lot of it is having a vision, having an idea and putting Mm -hmm. in the time and as cliche as it is doing the work, working your ass off. A lot of these guys, you know, go 20 hours a day especially those coder folks when they're working on stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, they don't sleep. They code all day. They code all night. And okay, some of them get rich, but that's not, you just bought a lottery ticket and made a few million dollars. 
you had to have an idea. You had to conceptualize it. And most likely you had a business plan and then you did a lot of physical labor setting this up. So why do we want to hate the people that are successful? Is it just because the people that hate those that are successful aren't? And are they lazy? Are they stupid? Is it a combination? Is it just well, I think, jealousy? I think like they said, it's. It, I think, like I said before, it's just a sleight of hand. That anger is rightfully directed at the very few people who control and manipulate all of the inside systems. Um, but those people also manipulate the media. They manipulate the, you know, all of the cultural consumption that we do. Pretty much, especially in the mass sense, the mass yep. consumption. They manipulate all of that to redirect that anger from themselves and onto these other soft targets. And that helps them in two ways. One, their direct competition in terms of power, control, and money. And two, you know, it's defensive to get that anger off of them. Yep. Classic misdirection. Look at the this fucking, fucking Nike. We are part of the resistance, my ass. <laughs> oh, man. That was the one thing I grew up. Nike was the one company as I was growing up where my parents like literally never, ever bought anything Nike. If we saw it in a store and I like pointed at it, they'd be like, no, no, they use slave labor in China and they never bought anything Nike. And it's kind of funny because you know, my parents are just regular people who went to church and they weren't like activists or political by any means. But that they was just one company that, right. that was one company I always knew from the beginning was like shady practices and employment you know yeah hey, you guys talk about that shady practice i've got to go grab the fedex guys so i'll be right back oh shady practice. yes Uh-oh. entertain yourselves grab them oh I shit my, i have my gravity clips i had a we, knock are, on my door too and my dogs go off you know because i don't have a doorbell oh yeah um, at the moment my doorbell went out of commission so um the knock on the door comes, but the dogs can go off for any given reason. So I just got pissed at them and didn't know someone was at my door. And then, uh, I heard the knock again. It was a very timid knock by a, a big dude who was a, at, with a gas company. They put a new meter on my, my gas thing, mm-hmm. but it must just be the day for home visits. Like I, uh, I had to leave work goes. early a, a week and a half ago or so. I got a, a text from the keeper saying, Hey, so I was sitting downstairs and I saw the shadows of like three people outside our door. And then next thing I know, they're banging on the door saying to get on outside. And, uh, <laughs> I went to my manager. I was like, Hey, um, someone might be trying to invade our house. I got to go. Oh God. <laughs> Came home and, uh, yeah, like all three people fucking left in different vehicles. Uh, very strange all around. Hmm. Uh, I'm maybe maybe they thought that the old people that used to live here were here. Um, but in this day and age of fucking cell phones, you'd think like they like try to show up to a surprise party. They've got like hats on and packages, yeah. balloons. Should we crash the, the podcast? Spend money on the come. What? Did we crash the <laughs> podcast yet? But Joe Biden, we got an interview with him. <laughs> Who got in the basement feed? <laughs> I think it's I'm very bad for our country. <laughs> ah, good old I Joe. Couldn't resist that one. <laughs> good old Joe. Well, I, mean, they don't, I don't think they. Uh, I don't think Joe understands what's going on. Although I don't think a lot of people do. And uh, yes, what is no, in the fucking yeah. box? I don't think that makes him unique. But 
Well, no. It's pretty plain that he doesn't know where the hell he is. Yes. Most well, that's, times. And that is scary. And the box that I got was a new iPhone because uh, Xfinity was giving them away free. You, pay, you pay taxes on them. But as long as you transfer a number in for whatever reason, you can't just say Xfinity, give me the phone and just give me a new number. That's fine. I'll take another number. It's all free. No, you have to transfer a number in hmm. from another carrier, which makes you think that it would have to be from another cell phone carrier, which would make sense because they're trying to get business away from whoever. Sure. But the reality is it's even on their system when you go in to buy the phone where you get to choose the carrier it's coming from. Google Voice is a choice. So huh. if you have a Google Voice number and they're free, you can port the Google Voice number to your cell phone. And Google charges you the exorbitant price of $3 to buy the phone number from them to be able to port it. So you get the free number from Google voice. You pay Google three bucks. You now own the phone number. You can port it to whatever you want. And Xfinity accepts that as a new line. So they'll give you at least right now, a free iPhone S the, uh, it's the smaller one, which I actually like more the iPhone SE, the new version. I mean, it's only the 64 gig one, so it's not like the top of the line crazy one, but it's free. All you do is pay the tax. Well, if I can ever get back to my old job, I, I do really want to try out one of those no agenda phones. Oh. Uh, it's just not really feasible right now. OTG, baby. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm tired of fucking worrying about it. I'm tired of dealing with it. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff I picked up from grumpy old bins as far as new habits and uh, just ways to sort of better maintain a sort of online identity i guess but i'm still miles behind on where it realistically should be um just i'm just tired tired of fucking being a commodity well you are no matter what and i've made that case even for people that say you're otg and dump the cell phone entirely i can't drive up and down my street and i don't believe anybody can at this point that won't be captured on a ring doorbell. So your oh, comings yeah. and goings are already going to be tracked. There are license plate cameras. And I know our little town here, way south of Chicago, you know, 45 minutes or so, has installed cameras on the light post, you know, for these uh, stoplights, which read license plates. And it's, oh, well, these are great because, you know, if there's an amber alert or whatever, well, then they have this information at their fingertips. They are tracking everybody driving through the streets. And that, to me, is, again, very Orwellian, but it's out of my control. So, yeah, OK, I can I can lock up my cell phone all the way. And I, I don't believe I sold my soul to get an iPhone bully steed. And no, I don't have uh, <laughs> I don't have Obamacare for my insurance. I have real insurance. Uh, Actually, but, I, I have actually sold my soul on stage one time. That was that was a pretty weird experience. <laughs> Did you get a good price? I mean, that's uh, that's all that's important. But <laughs> well, you know, conversation different time. <laughs> you can't. Uh, you cannot go anywhere without being traced. These I know stores like Home Depot and Kohl's, the larger retailers, are using facial recognition technology that the minute you walk in they're going to track you so even if you don't have if you have a phone to be fair they'll track you more because then they'll be able to attach your likeness to a mac address 
and that MAC address will be able to be tracked a little more in their system, but they can still track you that if you come back into the store a week later, they'll be like, boop, this guy's back. And the phones are the least of the worry at this point. You know, maybe Bemrose is on to something about fucking off to the woods. Yeah. Just going into <laughs> oh, the middle dude. of nowhere. Getting out of the city is definitely in my five-year plan. Being Uncle Ted Kaczynski. I, uh, you know, there is actually something I wanted to uh, read to y'all. It's, uh, I've just seen it. I haven't seen it in person, but I also have to, um, how do we say it on this show? Oh, pull a Bemrose real quick. Okay. Well, that's, that's allowed. And then everything went silent. Yeah. What a- <laughs> oh, did, okay. So he was going to the bathroom. That was his way of oh, saying he had to go to the bathroom. That's right. I didn't pick up on that right away. All right. I <laughs> Pulls mean, a Bemrose. Yeah. Pulling a Bemrose. See, now he's a meme. And I don't know if he wants to be a meme. But as long as he doesn't tug a Bemrose, I think we can allow it. Yeah. Pulling a Bemrose. See, now he's a meme. And I don't know if he wants to be a meme. Now he's tubing. Why is uh, now we're Whoa. bouncing back, Boobery? What did he do? Did he put us on like the magical? Uh, I think he clicked too many times. Did he click one too many times? If that comes back again, we'll just. Or uh, he's or he's uh, pulling a Bemrose in the wrong place. Yeah, it may be. It may be. Well, it's behind them schemes. You never know what he's. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got to have your aim straight when you go behind the schemes. That's for sure. Yeah, there was an article. I thought this was weird. This was uh, in a few different posts, but it looked, I think it was up in uh, yeah Washington here. Impossible to trace tech savvy dad may be holding daughter captive in Washington cops say. And this again, I love reading stories that I don't think understand tech. Because it's a father accused of kidnapping his teenage daughter 17 months ago. And they believe maybe now they'd started out in Tennessee and they think now they may be in Washington, but it says his technical skills are making it hard for authorities to find him, which it's like, okay, nice. what does this guy, uh, what does this guy do? And they're like, they're struggling to locate them because the father is quote, an IT expert specializing in security, blockchain technology and Bitcoin. And Wait, I'm wondering, is, is this the guy's like LinkedIn uh, <laughs> post or is it like an actual news story? That is kind of what it would sound like. And it's like, okay, so, you understand blockchain little, and Bitcoin. How does that keep you off the grid? <laughs> yeah, they. I, I don't know. That's that's wild. I don't quite understand. And I'd, I'd figure Luddites would have the technical advantage, especially if they don't carry a cell phone. And I. Like, yeah, well, I think that would help. But they said, uh, quote, he is communicating in a way <laughs> that's almost impossible to trace, which makes it extremely difficult for investigators to generate significant leads in the case what you know he, he maybe he encrypted his daughter i think he's well they're saying he's communicating in a way that's impossible to trace so using proton mail i mean i know that's really hard to do using a vpn that's also if this is what's considered like it like elevated i don't understand they also said that he maybe takes he- his daughter horseback riding a lot and i don't understand how you can know this and then how she's still in danger because the minute she gets on a horse i'm pretty sure you can get away from dad (laughs) well that's another thing that's kind of weird about hearing a headline with no context of a father kidnaps his daughter as a father i hear that i go what what the fuck (laughs) right right uh yeah my daughter doesn't leave my sight you know and uh 
Yeah, well, and I don't hold her hostage. Uh, that's my job, you know. She's supposed to stay with me. So now <laughs> she's seventeen, and we don't know the circumstances. But missing content or missing context like that—that that headline delivered alone like that just causes me concern right off the bat. Yes, and they said it was his teenage daughter seventeen months ago, but they don't say how old. Oh no, it does oh, say she is seventeen I as well. So that's was, weird. Yeah. Okay, so that is yes, and it also says she's seventeen. So at seventeen years old. If you've been being held captive by somebody for 17 months and you're able to go out and go horseback riding, it's like 17 is, well, the Democrats will tell you that that's an adult because they want 16 year olds to vote. That was another thing mm-hmm. in that bill. So 17, I would say you should have had a chance to get away. Maybe she wants, and I understand this is taking a bunch of leaps, but maybe she wants to be with the father and not with the yeah. mother. That's a possibility, but I just, the funny thing to me was just, oh, he maybe has her mom great is the, skills. Maybe her mom is the bureau chief. Maybe we're looking in for the that, newsroom. But, yeah. And, you know, this is just all a big hit job. But then weirdly, oh, yeah. backhandedly, she still kind of loves him deep inside. And that's why she's putting his LinkedIn profile resume stuff on there, trying to get him more work. Right. So, well, they said he's been doing <laughs> that. That's how he's making money is like doing things for small businesses and the IT. So it's like, so, you know, the guy's been able to be working, you know, that he's- I mean, I'm almost jealous because I'm out there on the job search. And if I could put like, I'm technically proficient enough to keep my own daughter hostage for 17 months without the authorities tracking me, like, you know, maybe your resume gets passed around a little better circles. Yeah, I'm thinking that there are people that would want that particular skill set. So if you can pull yeah, this off absolutely. in America in Ameri- and, and traveling from Tennessee allegedly to Washington state without getting caught. That is, that's a trip again, with all of the cameras that are monitoring vehicle traffic, everything being monitored in buses and trains and planes. And I don't understand how you do it to, to go off the grid at this point is very hard to do. Usually I think if people are off the grid for more than a few weeks, they're probably dead or they've gotten out of the country, which either is possible. It depends what grids you're talking about, too. You know, there's a lot of different grids. Well, yeah, it depends who you're trying to avoid. But exactly. If this is I'm guessing no credit cards, because then you're easily tracked. You know, to say he knows Bitcoin. It's like, but how do you pay with Bitcoin? You can't exactly walk into a, uh, you know, Shady Acres motel and be like, hey, you guys take Bitcoin. Not going to happen. Yeah, but that's the, I mean, that's the beauty of the gray and black markets. I guess you have to be up on. There's the, always, uh, I'm sure there's always a guy willing to step in. There's always somebody willing to do something for the right amount of money. Yeah. If a guy, if, um, I mean, I don't know this personally. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> sure. Just sure. as a disclaimer. <laughs> sure. I just, you don't know any of this. Man. But uh, you can get anything. As long as you have a guy who's willing to take your Bitcoin to buy it for you, then immediately everything becomes available again as though you had cash. You have to be able to convert it into cash. And there is a uh, a long tech story that we'll eventually get into here on Grumpy Old Benz, though, about the Bitcoin storm that's brewing, because I guess Trump on the way out put some measures into place that are not good. For the people that believe that crypto should be anonymous and private, although it's not really either of those things when it all comes down to it. But I do believe 
the fact that the people that came in now for the Biden administration, one, this got pushed back because they wanted this to pass back in January and it has gotten pushed back. So there's maybe a small signal that things are going to either be changed a little bit or who knows, Biden could have an aneurysm and decide he wants to do something completely different. Uh, the quote was the Biden administration plans to keep a close eye on Bitcoin's rise. Gary Gensler, Biden's pick to chair the Securities and Exchange Commission at his confirmation hearing on Tuesday, said the SEC under his watch would ensure that cryptocurrency markets are free of fraud and manipulation. How do you do that? How do you make sure the <laughs> cryptocurrency markets are free of fraud and manipulation? without controlling them i was gonna say just hand the keys over (laughs) just like they do everything else (laughs) and it depends on you know well who's going to define what fraud is and who's going to define what manipulation is right like all of those turn into oh well the regulators and their cronies if they lose that's that's our definition of fraud or manipulation but if they win by you know i don't know fraud and manipulation then that's the exceptions built in. Yes. And uh, this other- is the reward, reward, reward. Yeah. And uh, last week, Janet Yellen, who was Biden's secretary of the Treasury, she echoed some of the same fears that her predecessor did, saying, uh, quote, I don't think that Bitcoin, I've said this before, is widely used as a transactional mechanism. Uh, to the extent that it's used, I fear it's often for illicit finance, which says to me, the people that Biden has in control are going to go after Bitcoin. There's no other way to look at this when you're saying, you know, it's not really used for people to transact business. It's I fear it's often for illicit finance. Well, that's the beauty of it is we don't we don't know what the hell it's being used for. And that's the that's the awesomeness. Of and it. what yeah. is what is like the point? <laughs> yeah. And what does this government want to do? The Democrat, especially side, they want to tax everything. And if they can't see what your transactions are, they can't tax them. So Biden is exactly. not the friend of Bitcoin. I, If I had money in Bitcoin right now, I'd be dumping, dumping big. He's a big sell. Uh, I'll, I'll buy your Bitcoin for pennies on the dollar, man. That's that's what it'll end up going back to at some point. You know, I did purchase my uh, first little bit of uh, Bitcoin not too long ago to participate in the um, the value for value model. Well, I was going to say this. Yeah, the Sphinx. Um, I guess I fucked up something, though, and I can't actually access the wallet on Sphinx. And I just everything <laughs> going on. I haven't had a chance to. So, like, I've had all this fucking Bitcoin sitting around. and It's, it's went up a little bit. I've actually made a little little gain. I only put like thirty dollars in or something. Hey, that's all you need. Uh, that's all you need. We got to really our uh, donations that came in mainly from CSB and a couple other people have sent in Bitcoin and the uh, small amount just keeps going up and up and yep. up until it doesn't. <laughs> it will come to that point, I believe. And we talked about that on Grumpy Old Benz, how many wallets now that they're guesstimating have just been lost. People have lost access yeah. to which there's no bank to call. There's no person to call. There's no helpline. If you had a bunch of Bitcoin and you lost access to your wallet, there's nobody to call to be like, well, that, you know, if that was a bank, 
Well, I can call the bank and I can explain to them what happened. And of course, I'll have to go in and sign an affidavit and show them my ID and jump through some hoops. But I'll be able to get my money back. <laughs> that sounds racist. No way. Well, <laughs> you want to jump through a few hoops? I don't know. The- it's kind of cool as a monetary uh, system to have that, though, because you don't have you have a set printing or mining. But then, you know, you do have a scarcity thing and you also have uh, sort of a buried treasure thing. Of if you can find it, or if you can go back and you do have an old wallet and you finally discover it, wow, what's in there? I always wonder if I have old Bitcoin because I played with it very briefly at, in the super early stages, but it was mostly my roommate who was playing with it. And you're like, if there was only one or two Bitcoin you had laying around, which at the time were worth a penny, now yeah. worth a hundred grand. Well, oh yeah, there used to be faucets that would just give you. If you just clicked every hour, you would get what nowadays equates to obscene amounts of money. <laughs> I want to go back to those times. And have they have they talked about this on No Agenda? Uh, I've seen it floating around in a couple of places, but not only on top of trying to tie Bitcoin to extremism, but there's also rumblings that mining Bitcoin is a huge drain on the energy grid. Yes, and it's it's okay. Gotcha. They they did mention it, and it's also true. That's uh, was Bill Gates was talking about that. So this not only this is just must some, be true. Well, it's not just random rumblings. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. But we know Bill Gates has the ear of the Biden administration because he's him and Fauci. All this stuff with the vaccine. This is another reason why I think the Biden administration is going to turn on crypto. Once Bill just comes out and starts being even more vocal with how much power is being wasted and how many of uh, how much of our resources is being wasted on people just mining cryptocurrencies, they must be made illegal. I think it'll happen. I do. I think that would probably be the only way that you could, at least in the beginning, figure out how to kill crypto would be to ban the use of electricity for mining crypto. Um. Because any other way, you know, you can pretend like you can regulate it. It's funny because my buddy's dad is an accountant and he was just like so adamant about like the IRS. They're like, oh, no, they know what Bitcoin everyone has now. You can't it can't be secret. You can't not you can't be anonymous with Bitcoin. He's like, they figured it out. And I was like, all right, bud. (laughs) Well, they have if you're using like I am using Coinbase. Or well, yeah, that's that the, is. what they did was they made it so you can't like if you're going to buy crypto at a legal crypto purchaser, you know, you have to have a bank account connected to it. And you have to identify Correct. yourself to buy it now. Yes. Even with cash but, for these, but these taking, ATMs, taking a, a cash or a bank account or a credit card uh, is not the only way to acquire crypto. You don't have to pay Correct. for USD to get crypto and so if you never do that then no they don't know who you are correct but most people don't and most people don't understand that and then if you want to and that's yeah that's part of what they don't want you to know i always say the because i got in so when it was so small that for me i would never i can't buy it now because i bought it when it was small and i did the same thing i threw like 30 40 bucks in or whatever you know and then i pulled i pulled that out already so I don't really even have a lot of Bitcoin today, but as it's grown, I've just used it as it's grown and kept it, you know, to a reasonable amount. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it is gambling. Nowadays, right. Yeah, exactly. I've just kind of hedged 
And uh, what nowadays I would say, it's better to acquire it by providing a good or service, uh, like a value for value show, for instance, or anything like that. Yes. To That's the it. best way to get it right now, rather than by paying for it in U.S. dollars. Well, because watching it go up, I know when it first hit 10,000, then when it hit 20,000, was like, oh, well, that would be stupid to buy now. And of course, at 20,000, it then went up to 40. So. Yep. It's, oh, I remember when people were like saying, oh, shit, it's over. I'm not buying when it hit a thousand. Right, right. It's too expensive. They were like, oh, this is out of control. And it is because is there you mentioned the scarcity. And is there really a scarcity in mm-hmm. Bitcoin when you can buy point zero 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 one, you know, portion of a coin? It's uh, it's not there's actually a scarcity scarce. In, it is scarce because there's a set. It's not. Well, it depends on. What you mean by scarce? Right. By scarce, it just means there is an absolute set value that can't be manipulated. Um, and I think that's really true in Bitcoin. And you can say, you know, with the initial, oh, Satoshi or Satoshi has all of this Bitcoin out there. Well, yeah, that's true, but that's also a known factor in the market, you know? Or there's a backdoor in the crypto. The backdoor, I mean, I guess, where is it? I don't know. The guy that created it's waiting to pounce. Take every. Well, that was also my concept with Bitcoin is, okay. say everybody that has Bitcoin today decides they want to cash it out. And unlike if this was just money in a bank, if everybody decides today they want to take all their Bitcoin and convert it to fiat, the price would also go to zero before the end of the day. If everybody that had Bitcoin tried to sell at the same time. Because nobody's buying. I mean, I guess somebody might be buying, but they would be like. Why I mean, ever- Elon Musk is biased. Yeah, you know Elon's I mean? like, like, give me it, give me all the money. That was the biggest corporate buy I've ever, I am aware of, or have known of. So the thing is, sure, maybe it, maybe it'll crash and burn eventually on a long enough timeline, but it's, it's still institutionally rising, and uh, the foundation that Musk just laid down until he yanks out. I mean. It's just going to it's just going to bolster it. I think it'll go up still. He lost 50 billion dollars in a 24 hour period a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I was trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah, it's you just have to. It's just a way of thinking about it, you know, it's just not real money at that point. He he did. He did lose 50 billion dollars, but that's lucky for him that he didn't have dollars when he was doing it. You know, he had Bitcoin, so he didn't lose any Bitcoin. It's you can never lose Bitcoin. It's always Bitcoin. Once you have it, yeah. It's it's just, like one doge equals one doge meme, you know. Yeah, that's true. That is put all it's your a, money into whatever I I like this idea though of the the token being able to sell digital art that they were talking yeah. about in No Agenda. I I need to look into that cuz I think that's a really good idea. For- oh, you you would kill doing some uh digital art sales, man. Like I think you, you should definitely look into it. And like, people have paid a silly amounts of uh, cryptocurrency for them. Like you want to own the digital copy of that cover. Boom. Like the rarest of Pepe's, you know, oh, man, that's a great scene. <laughs> Double it, holographic. <laughs> yeah, it makes no, this is another thing that makes no sense, but this is, I mean, I guess it does make sense in the fact that the world is turning into one where the younger generations are not collecting the same types of things i mean it's weird because kids growing up now and i know some are into vinyl albums but most 
kids growing up get all of their music through their phone, through a streaming service, never walk into a record store, have never purchased a cassette tape or a vinyl album or a CD or any of that, that they treat this stuff as a completely different kind of commodity. Thus, Mm -hmm. don't have a collection of compact discs, don't have a collection of albums, don't have you know, a collection of baseball cards or comic books. And all of this is being lost on the new generation. So what will they collect? And this actually kind of makes sense of, oh, it's just limited digital art. Only one person can own it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird. It's kind of like Bitcoin to me. It's like, I don't understand it, but I understand it a little bit more, but it's still, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can ever fully understand it, even the people that made it. But the it would be it would be interesting to see that done with like clips. Is that possible? Yeah, that's digital. Or like art. ISOs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should check out some of these. I, I just pulled up a an article of one of the most re- recent sales. The rarest Pepe of them all, Homer Pepe, has sold for two hundred and five Ethereum, three hundred and twenty grand. Whoa! According Damn. according to owner Peter Kell. The one-of-a-kind card displays a morph between Simpsons character Homer and the infamous Pepe the Frog. So a guy made a gift that morphs from Simpsons Homer to Pepe the Frog, and then he auctioned it off and got 205 Ethereum, which happens to be at the current moment worth around 320 grand. Now, this gift could be copied a billion times, can't it? I mean, once it's on the blockchain, I guess not. Yeah, that's the part that's a little hazy, more technical. I've never bought one, so I don't know. Well, get your three hundred thousand dollars out and buy, and then let me know what how it works. It's part of the thing about ownership. I don't know. That's the art collectors are kind of weird in that sense, anyway. Yes, and now that's what people want. Rather than having to hang art on the wall or worry that it's going to burn down, they just want it in a digital wallet of some sort that they can keep safe. And it's it's an interesting concept. The autograph collecting was big when I was a kid, especially baseball and that. But even singers, you know, if you ran into somebody, everybody wanted an autograph. And now that's down to a selfie. You know, they want the picture rather than an autograph, which the selfies never worth anything. So when it comes down to it, the artists or whoever are probably happier to do that because I'm sure it gets annoying either way. But when you sign something for a fan, allegedly, and then it's like, oh, it's on eBay 20 minutes later. I mean, I get why uh, that would be annoying, but selfies are the new autograph and everything is going digital. So I guess this makes a certain amount of sense. And I mean, I guess maybe it's one of those things you need to jump in on early too. let's raise some money for the grumpy old Ben's podcast and, and have some digital art. It would be good. I, I'll look more into it for you and, and let you know what I find because. I, I remember watching that feels good man documentary and they kind of featured that in that documentary. Um, and actually part of why this particular piece of art sold for so much was because of its popularity in that documentary. But that so was it was like sense. heavily watched by a lot of the people on the, in that market because you have to but, know uh, it to be able to buy it. But hey, you were the first guy that set up, at least that I know that set up the whole thing to get your streaming Satoshi's, for your podcast over on Sphinx chat and uh, is how's that working out the concept? I know you did a whole episode on it and uh, you you did not recommend this for the faint of heart. Right. Uh, So if you go back, I think it's episode 57, it's called struck by lightning where I kind of try and delve into what's going on and why we're doing it. Um, 
But when I joined the Sphinx chat and put my podcast up there, the all the other tribes were either crypto podcasts or it was podcasting 2.0 and no agenda. Those are the only those are the only non-crypto podcasts when I first signed up. Yes, it's a small amount right now. But uh yeah, people can stream for uh a certain amount of Satoshis per minute when they listen to your show and give value back. They can also do what's called a boost, which is almost like a, it's like any other social media, like only it's a, it's a like with money behind it. It's a like with Satoshis behind it. So it's a better like, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's, in, it's, it's pennies that people are throwing out around right now on Sphinx. Not anything crazy. I think Adam himself said he was getting like two bucks a day. That's from him. Uh, it's from what himself he's got up from doing to. it. Yeah. The yeah, well, it kind of just know, loops back if you do it for yourself, right? Do you it's know how many uh, hype. Uh, participants are involved? Like, or how many uh, users they've got to so far? I don't. I'm not sure how many users in the overall ecosystem they have. Uh, my tribe is super small; it has nine people. Um, I but see if I can find two, like two of those nine got. people are people that don't interact with me on any other platform, you know? Interesting. And one of those nine is a guy, the other of the nine invited in there. And it wouldn't even have known without Sphinx about the show at all. So it's, it's tiny. Yes. But the percentages are interesting and I want to get a bigger, it's one of those things where it's so early that it's ridiculous. It's early enough that people will try to get on and just like get frustrated and not do it. Yeah. And that's and uh, even, even I, very technical people are like, this isn't worth it for what you're not going to be bringing in right yep. now. You're paying a monthly nut to a company to have the wallet, uh, to have the node set up rather. And there's not a lot of money coming in, which makes sense. Although there are podcasting apps adding this all the time. But right now, as far as the podcasting 2.0 stuff, the chapters have gotten, I think, pretty popular at this point. They're not every podcast doing it or anything close, but I've seen a lot of people jump in on the chapters. I've dabbled with the transcript and I can do more of that. It just comes down to, do you want to pay really for a service to do it? And right. The answer to that is probably, you know, if it's under 10 or 20 bucks a month, there's a cost benefit analysis. And uh, sometimes it calculates to that. You shouldn't do it. So you should always take that into account for sure. Uh, and sometimes like what we're doing, we're not on Sphinx right now to make a bunch of money. That's not at all what it is. Um, it's kind of this future concept and the vision, um, that we're seeing where there is a quote unquote off grid economy, market economy for artists to actually sell their art to people without having to pay middleman i don't know record companies right middleman well that's where i uh, see this contracts managers all of that um it's not just podcasting this whole ecosystem can be the thing that kanye jumps in on finally after he is done pissing on his grammys you know (laughs) well that's Uh, right I, i see this being huge for music and i don't know i don't think this is something that is uh you know able to be protected so uh Adam and Dave and the the crew can make a ton of money because they deserve it for coming up with this. This is where I see music streaming going because artists usually get screwed in the process. 
you need to have somebody involved, you know, like a Spotify who is just giving you a percentage then and you're relying on them for the data. And a lot of these services didn't even give artists based upon how much their music was listened to. That's starting to slowly change. But if this comes down to having an open system, much like the RSS feed podcasting system, where if you're a an artist, I mean, if you're John Fletcher of the Hog Story Fletchers and you put out an album and you put this up like an RSS feed and everybody that listens has to take part in this and pay X amount per you know minute of listening. I think that's genius. And I think that's where music is going. It's just micro payments. And you know, the artist that you're enjoying their music is getting the money. It's not going to a record label. It's not going to a manager, a middleman or any of that. I yeah. think music is the big application. I think that um, not everybody will also employ the value for value part of it. But I think that's going to be the the key to success for a lot of people that do is just asking without a ceiling what value you get and determining that, you know, based on who you are and what you can afford and how much value you objectively uh, got in your own mind. I guess that would be subjectively, but um, deciding that without putting any limits on it and giving back that seems to be the way to work it out on this scale, this weird, unique scale where you can have a niche market uh, and not kick anybody out of that market, but also not limit yourself on the upper end. Right. Which is one thing I've always wondered. This conversation has been had a thousand times. If you're looking to monetize something, there's a lot of people who seem to be fairly successful going the Patreon route, which is, Oh, give me five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, you know, maybe up to the highest of a hundred bucks a month or whatever that is. But, you know, you're involved at the five. Some of them start and end at the five dollar level. That's it. You got, you know, if you want to be a part of this, it's five bucks a month. And for those, I think they're limiting themselves. No question about it. Absolutely. You're not giving people the ability to say, hey, no, this uh, this was really good information. This was something that saved me money. This saved me time. This was beneficial or I just like the show. There's nothing worse than wanting to throw value someone's way and not having the ability to do it. If the only thing they have is a Patreon and all you can fill in is five bucks, it's like, but I was going to give you a hundred. I thought, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, and you limit yourself, even though it's only five bucks, you're cutting off everything below that too. So it's like throwing a dart at your audience and only dart you're hitting are the $5 people, nothing below, nothing above. Damn $5 people. And like, you know, most of your people are going to be the $0 people. Most of your people are going to be, uh, the freeloaders. We uh haven't really introduced this term, but we're gonna roll out the uh, mooch. The mooch, nice. Um, the you know, Noah Jen has been calling you a douchebag for years, and I think that's a part, a good part of the formula is just like remind people, yeah, you can be a douchebag as long as you want, but who really wants to be a douchebag? Who really wants to be a mooch? Like, yeah, I'll let you mooch. That's the beauty of the system. But I'm not going to let you forget that you are mooching and you can do with that whatever you want. You know, there is something to be said for that. But a lot of people don't respond. It seems to that about 90. It's like a high 90s from everybody that I hear trying to guesstimate who takes part in the we'll send something if we don't have to. It's a very small percentage. Definitely. And I do understand why there's so many people, including uh, Sir Carl. Uh, who are these podcasts? Larry Blinders, that Larry show. 
Um, there's uh, tell him Steve, Dave, the, out of the Kevin Smith uh, round of guys. All of those have Patreons that offer extra content. And I do believe that gets more people involved. But I do also agree that seems very douchey of, oh, but yeah, well, you're a, you're a fan of mine. Great. Thanks for listening to everything I do. Now, if you want this other stuff, you have to pay me. I, I think that seems douchey in a way, but sure. maybe that's wrong, that it's OK to produce stuff that's not free because, you know, you got to make a living, too. <laughs> so Yeah, I think everybody uh, it's it's really weird, especially when you're an artist and you create stuff like and you have this conflict between I want to share my art. I want to share my thoughts and my ideas with the whole world. But you also have that caveat of like, well, I'd like to make money doing what I love and what I'm good at. Right. And that's always at battle with itself. And everybody has to make those own, you know, your own decisions. I mean, selling out for one guy might be like making the smart opportunity for another guy. And it's all so subjective. I try not to ever get wrapped up too much in that. Like, I think most guys, unless I find evidence otherwise on an individual basis, are just trying to, you know, do what, what they think are, is working and what people respond to. I mean, if, if your audience is going to flame you for making a gross move, then you're going to lose a bunch of your audience. And I think even the, the Titan Joe Rogan has demonstrated that, you know, there's yeah. no way he has, uh, but a fraction of the audience he once enjoyed. Right. Cause after he made this modified hard to get Spotify to his. Move. You yeah, that's one thing you don't want to do is make and it hard for the audience to find you. I, I was surprised and I didn't even consider this factor of like, I think more people than you realize insist on watching the video version. Like they're used to watching the video. Right. Which to me is like, what? Just put it on. But uh, one guy I talked to in Sphinx, he was like, oh, it's too bad. I can't find the Rogan feed anymore. You know, like we can't find new episodes of it. And Sir Bimrose had shared with me previously a, a one of the bootleg audio feeds where the MP3s were getting pushed. So I was like, oh, yeah, you can still get them here at this feed. Just point it to this feed. And he was like, oh, thanks, but that's just the audios. Like, I'm looking for the video. And I'm like, what? I want my 4K. Wow. Like, you won't just listen to it anyway? Like, so he's got a big chunk of his audience who is are so used to it being the Joe Rogan video show that they can't enjoy the show. Like it's not worth them even watching it free. Right. It's listen only. the audio. Right. And I hadn't even considered that before. I was just like, geez, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the biggest chunk of his audience was the YouTube audience. Oh, I think so. I do. And I think that the way they consume content is different and that's fine. You just have to know what you're up against. The YouTube thing is just very easy to use what, no matter what device you're on. When I go up and uh, hit the exercise bike, I just throw YouTube on. And lately I've been watching the Tom Merritt and Sarah Lane show, even though I don't really like it all that much, but it's a half hour and it's daily. So there's something to watch. It's tech information where I could see if I was a Rogan guy that was always watching the video on YouTube that once it disappeared, I wasn't going to go searching for it because there's always other content to watch. Definitely. And if there I've is- made a, made a big push to step away from YouTube as much as possible. And at this point, there's at least one show from the no agenda verse. I'm, I'm listening to every day, anywhere from one to three. 
there's some there's some really phenomenal fucking creators out. Yeah, there's. Some I'm not good. sure. If, I'm not sure if it's like the the power of the of the of the personalities or if it's no agenda drawing them in, but however they did it, it fucking works. The no agenda audience breeds pos- podcasters like no other audience. I believe. I mean, I would. I agree. You know, some- I think a piece of it, and the biggest piece of it, is just if you know that there are no agenda connected person then you give them a lot more leeway than probably you would give any random podcast right i mean like the value for value could be swinging both ways i mean i listened to rare encounter the other night and it was horrible i want money back send some money my <laughs> way if you I listen to the show not only did i not get value cold acid i i wanted to take some value back so let's make that happen that, program a chat bot to break some knees right that was, that's how you <laughs> want really, back you have to stay on top of your podcasting game if you can put an episode out and lose money because people are like nope not only do i not want to give you value but i would like to take some value back <laughs> never gonna happen never gonna happen i think not says cold acid you never know but we do have a couple of people to thank to thank today for taking part in the value for value model and the executive producer for today's grumpy old Ben's extravaganza featuring Sir Spencer in Boobery is none other than our very first guru, guru Walkman of Buckeye, a legend among podcasting circles, comes in with another 50 bucks, says, go Hell Trinity yeah. OS, fuck Bill Gates. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an expert. He's a guru. And. It was uh, it was quite amazing that here we are just going on in April. It will be two years for grumpy old Ben's that we have the first guy that or girl doesn't matter. First person to come in with over a thousand dollars in total donations is is mind blowing. So we very much appreciate Guru Walkman and everything he does. And uh, everybody else has to just try to be as cool. I know cold acid already has his guru name picked out. But he's uh, he's a little further behind, but he's in on the $50 a month thing. So he'll catch up. He'll get there. It won't take too long. Uh, also coming in today, Bernard Engelskircher, who I probably always butcher his name, comes in with 10 bucks. And we appreciate the contribution to the grumpiest podcast in the universe. I mean, I think it was a little less grumpy today without Bemrose, and it will be without Bemrose on Monday as well. So if you want to get in on that, grumpyoldbens.com. You can click the donate button, make a one-time donation, make a monthly donation, click the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing or use the Bitcoin address or use the snail mail address and go through Uncle Sam's good old-fashioned postal service. The money eventually gets here, and when it does, nobody takes a cut. That was probably, I don't know if you guys have set up a P.O. box yet, but that was one of the big questions when Ben Rose and I start doing this. Like, well, is it worth the and it's what like 80 90 100 bucks a year something like yeah, that to like have a bucks box. a year i think it's like is it worth it and it's like well let's try it out and it has it's it's paid for itself and that is the percentage that goes to the snail mail is you're paying the 100 bucks a year but the reality is the that that is such a lower percentage than paying a percentage on everything that comes in from paypal sure. or patreon or anything like that I mean, then we just need to do donation drive. I mean, we need to do some. I mean, stuff. I've been hearing hearing guys getting uh, liquor and beer in the mail. I, I I don't think I can do that without the PO box going on. So, you, well, you can. Well, 
legally looking into it there's only so much you can send wine i know you can send but like hard liquor it's weird um depending crossing state lines uh and have, uh, firearms have, have, and I told, have I told you guys about my new uh, V4C model value, value for uh, cigarettes? No, no. <laughs> just send me oh. cigarettes, y'all. <laughs> you know, that is uh, that, that's kind of like Bitcoin. The prices just keep going up. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's going to need a cigarette. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you, the, the value there is the government just keeps adding more and more taxes. Can you get them shipped in from, you know, directly from uh, some other country or uh, are we still making the best cigarettes here in the good old U.S. of A? Uh, I like those Turkish blended ones, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Canadians got a, uh, a cigarette that's got charcoal in the filter. That's kind of interesting. For um, health reasons or. Uh, sure. <laughs> let's, let's call it that. Or this could also be the eugenics angle. There could. How do you know that's charcoal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you could probably <laughs> say that about anything that uh, you ingest at this point in this day and age. True. Yeah, there's... Uh, it's got some sort of scheme on it. You, you think? Did you talk about that on your podcast a little bit? I, I could do an episode about the sugar industry. Fuck yeah. Man, I, <laughs> the, I, I don't have any cravings at all getting off the sugar. It's a beautiful thing. I've been doing that for two or three weeks now the carbs are much harder to avoid because the carbs sneak in where you're not expecting carbs to sneak in like buy a bag of just salad with a little bit of carrot and radish or whatever that they throw in there and it's 12 grams of carbs in the bag and it's like but where where (laughs) i want to know where is that at (laughs) it's it's so hard you you know all these you know new the protein bars and stuff like that that are sold are almost all super high carb. You know, you can't have milk, although you can have all the butter you want. There's no carbs in that. And uh, yeah, and you can just stop with me uh, once you say no milk. Yeah, I'm a milk uh, guy. I mean, we went and did the uh, which isn't horrible, the almond milk, but it's not quite the same. Oh. It's almond juice, yeah. really, if you think about it. Well, I've made almond milk, and it's not a fun process, but I decided to see what it was all about, kind of like with the crypto. I It wasn't like I thought I was going to be making almond milk for the long term, but I'm like, okay, let's see. I saw the process, and it's like, let's see how this all works. And yeah, you get a bunch of almonds, you soak them, then you put them in a blender, and you put that through like a cheesecloth to filter it, and there you go. It's way more work than it's worth to. Uh, it's. I think everything involving almonds is more work than it's worth. It doesn't it take gallons to grow just a single plant. I mean, like gallons and gallons. Maybe maybe just one almond. Yeah. So this is why, just like Bitcoin, it's too it? much, too many resources. <laughs> almonds are the reason why California burns down. It's not the aluminum in the air. Well, that too, but it's not that they don't keep their forests cleanly trimmed no yeah. it's not that <laughs> not that at all you, the, you can hear way more about that though on the sir spencer show your personal yes. uh personal trimming but what's coming Trim the up bush to uh not burn the forest down exactly coming up okay, for us we've this- got uh guiff oh We're nice be talking to him over the weekend the crazy british bastard yes owner King of, of Kent, pubs. A, a bbc soap opera star 
he's a very interesting guy. He's got a lot going on. He's got a good SoundCloud too. Makes good music. Yeah, he's he, he gives good audio. He talks a lot. He likes to talk, which makes him a good guest on a podcast. It's perfect. <laughs> what uh, what day was this? I think we've settled on Sunday, but I don't have a time. A hundred percent. I think we're aiming for somewhere around uh, nine Greenwich Mean, which would be three p.m. here. But that's a uh, that's not a hard number yet. Gotcha. You're converting to British Mean Time. That's just wrong. Make him Sometime convert to after our time. No agenda. Yeah. Like, On Sunday. And what's coming up behind the schemes, which is spelled in just such a strange way. Nobody will ever remember it. Kind of like rare encounter. Uh, <laughs> so next week we're going to hit some X club. Um, at this point, it's, uh, it's going to be consistently me on the show. Um, I'm still trying to get Malachi and Monty to, uh, really commit. Um, so they kind of pop in and out, but, uh, we'll probably do X club, brave new world. Um, I want to talk to Nardwar. I think I'm going to pull a sir seat sitter and just fucking do it. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. going to go and fucking hit up Nardwar and see if I can get him on the show. That would be fucking cool. I was going to say, you so, already have a show where your like co-hosts have all bailed out. That sounds very sir seat sitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just start asking people like they can't say yes. If you don't ask. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And then, you know, he's kind of doing a solo show now, even though the other guys aren't, as involved it's like well that's what the abs was and then boom it's just one. Oh, it's it's great i i think he i think he does fucking phenomenal shit just uh just with the drive it's it's really good he has that hustle to get after people for guests i mean he's pulled some savage guests down it's fun oh, to yeah. watch. he doesn't <laughs> always I, hit record though well <laughs> you know hitting record is like not necessarily on the checklist it's not the last thing optional but it's just not on the checklist. I don't know why. I don't know how you would feel if you did like a show with somebody that had some prominence, then you realized after you didn't record it. Oh, then how it, do was, you it, was, it was only like the first like uh, couple like 15, of minutes. It was like 15 minutes. You said, which is yeah. fine. But how, if you do that the whole show, how do you explain that to the, the people either direct or their management, whoever set it up? Like, <laughs> so when's that interview coming out? Uh, Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh podcasting it's it's a if uh, a dog ate our interview would you like to reset for it please yes that would be very nice Come that back. was a great first take yes that was this i thought oh i thought we were just warming up if you could just you, you i think it sounds like you need a glass of water just get a glass of water and we'll do it again from the top yeah that would have been me after like 15 minutes about like oh yeah um what you just said can you just repeat that one more time just <laughs> just for clarity i mean i got it all here but uh just just for clarity's sake. Uh but for real, uh I thought in the email we had talked about headphones. <laughs> you had a string of them. <laughs> People without a set of cans. Which is oh, okay, man. who doesn't have headphones in this day and age? Especially that are doing <laughs> Zoom calls or doing these kind of interviews a lot. Who doesn't Hello? have headphones? Well, yeah, but that's JC. Oh, man, I just I was listening to a fucking Nardbar interview with uh jello biafra middle of last year or so and 
it's the same shit. It's like, oh, it's and it's Jill Abafra. It's like, oh, Adobe wants to sell me a flash player, and now I'm all minimized in my screen. <laughs> it's like <laughs> California Uber Alice, and he can't, he's just fucking up this another Zoom meeting like everyone else. <laughs> I don't know how to use headphones. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it's like that's I don't I don't get. I mean, you're in the music business. You know how to use headphones. Anytime you're uh, recording, you're using headphones, I think. I mean, I don't know how Jello does it, but. Uh, oh, and then I turned around and I started to watch a little bit of the Golden Globes, which is uh, kind of out of the norm for me. And holy bejesus, that's a uh, <laughs> that might be a just a solo behind the schemes topic, too. I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck I was watching. Did they do a summoning or something? <laughs> how was it? Were there, yeah, I want to know. Uh, it, it's like. There's fucking Tina Fey and, and Amy Poehler and they're in two different fucking parts of the country. But like they've got people reaching out because uh, they've split frames right down the middle and, and button them up each, each other. So Tina reaches out of frame on her end and someone's like out of sync rubbing Amy's shoulder. And, and uh, <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis like fucking just rolled out of bed. Which is fine. Like I dig it. I, I think that's probably about the the punkest thing going on there is him just chilling in his uh in his in his hoodie. Um, the the there uh Adam talked about specifically uh Catherine O'Hare with the guy playing the shit on his phone in the middle of the fucking call. He's like trying to do fucking background <laughs> music <laughs> on this Zoom call. <laughs> Not working out, huh? Yikes. <laughs> That's what people are accepting now, which is podcasters should love this because and what it, was once a business filled with spending millions of dollars on lights and cameras and microphones is now crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say all of the shows on that, that plays on the no agenda stream blows quality wise. Uh, everything that's come from any of these fucking celebrity talking heads through and through. We've learned from JCD and the Podfather. Audio quality is important. 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 People need to understand what you're saying. And (laughs) we do appreciate the fact that both of you guys stepped up. I mean, here's a day. Woke up ready an hour before the show and get the message from Ryan saying, yeah, my appointment just got pushed up. So I'd only be able to do an hour and, you know, an hour for Ryan. He can't even get warmed up in an hour. So, I mean, I really wasn't expecting to do one. I'm like, okay, anybody want to co-host? And then there was Boobery. And then there was Sir Spencer like, oh, well, I, I could do it too. And it's like, well, why not? Why not a threesome? And then I was like, well, that Hey-o. sounded dirtier than it meant to. Right. Boobery popping uh, off. There was a... <laughs> so, before before I stepped away to Bimrose, uh, it, do I have time to throw one last topic on the table before we wrap? Sure. I'm not, um, I mean, we got we can, we can go on for like twelve hours. That the show will wind up on the stream anyway. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> so Minneapolis is prepping for the Derek Chauvin trial coming right. up here in the next couple of days. Yes. Uh, have you all read up on any of this or or seen anything from it? Well, I've been following that, and the reality of the situation was it was a tragedy, but I don't believe the officer is going to get convicted. I mean, I can't guarantee that. But that is the vibe I'm getting from the evidence that I've heard, which means if there is an acquittal on this, and I don't know if they're still going for, I thought they raised the level that they were going after him for. 
So it's a much harder bar to. Yeah, I think they were yeah, going they from uh, third to second one? degree. Right. So oh, the bar is higher. And the reality is what happened there is a lot messier than anybody wants to admit. But if this jury acquits him, whether that's right or wrong, there's going to be a lot of problems in Minneapolis and around the United States. Well, that's uh, that's kind of the present uh, present the question I wanted to present. So some quick catch up topics or uh, facts, I guess. Uh, they are shooing up the uh, protective shin guards for horses for mounted patrol. Nice. Um, they're bringing in a fuck ton of National Guard and uh, state police. And I haven't been down there personally yet, but I'm probably going to do it Sunday uh, just to scope, you know, and see what's going on. But um, I, I do have a picture of one of the signs and it sounds like they're going to try and fucking snip whatever uh, pops off in the bud as quickly as possible. Um, but there's a sign that says the following is not permitted on Hennepin, uh, Hennepin County properties, conduct that violates city ordinance, uh, littering, smoking, use of alcohol, or other controlled substances, camping or sleeping, tents, tarps, tables, uh, other structures, affixing, draping, or holding posters, banners, or <laughs> any visual props or projecting images on or over structures. Uh, entering county fountains and pools, generators, portable toilets, motor vehicles, trailers, uh, stash and personal property, gas, propane, charcoal grills, um, defacing any county property, including but not limited to writing or drawing with chalk or other materials, public art, unless it is placed exclusively through the facilities, services and communications departments. Interfering with county business, employees, clients, or visitors, or obstructing the free flow of traffic in any way, including but not limited to generating noise, intimidating behavior, or offensive uh, posters or slogans. Any and all other conduct, equipment, or materials that are hazardous to public safety or results in or could result in damage to county property. So it sounds like the protests from last year did their duty and they're just going to fucking turn around and lay the smack down on... Uh, these folks, when the trial doesn't go the way they want to see it, right. well, that's they, what they should have done in the first place. And they're they're already fucking paying influencers. Uh, I think there's six or eight employed by the city to get on the TikTok and the Instagrams and the Snapchats, and I guess to uh, sort of curtail the mob justice. Um, it'll be interesting. I might try and make it out for one of those days. We'll see. Yeah, it's not going to be. Or not. It's not going to be pretty. It sounds like there's not much you can do right now in uh, in Hennepin County, but I understand it. I mean, this is now any of the violence. This is the weird part, which I think a lot of people, when the George Floyd riots happened all around the country, took some kind of perverse joy in that. Yeah, but this is happening on Trump's watch. Blah blah blah. Trump bad. Well, now it's happening under Biden's watch. All of a sudden, you're going to see what's going to be done to people who don't toe the line if this makes biden look bad well then no they're going to put more cops are going to be putting more boots in people's heads yeah i think you're right about that yeah it's not going to be fun to watch it's certainly certainly not going to be fun to watch from that area so we wish you well and if you go out there i mean i remember the floyd stuff where glenn beck had his guy that you know boots on the ground out there with his camera and the crowd 
turned on him. You know, they tried to find him. They tried to, you know, they wanted to kick his ass and uh it's it's dangerous. There's this is not oh, we're we're taking it the people that lie on the media and are like, well, we're watching democracy happen. It's like, no, you're watching violence happen. This isn't somebody just telling, you know, having an opinion and being like, hey, I'm standing up for this guy that was killed. It's like, no, they're they're burning and looting a city. That's not what should go unchecked by the police. But this is what also happens when the guy at the center of this is a police officer and like, how does a police force do their job when it's like, well, you know, we don't want to look like we're being too heavy handed with these people that are burning the city down. But what do you do? Just go, Oh, go ahead. By all means, burn the place down. I I don't understand what's supposed to happen there. I go back to uh, the riots in Chicago before I was born back in 1969, where the city was out of control and the, Elder Mayor Daly put out a very public decree which said uh, to the cops, if anybody's got a Molotov cocktail in their hand, shoot them. And people got the hell out of town because they yeah. didn't want to get shot. Yeah. And, and then to turn around and they're just bailing the protesters out. Like, come on. We, 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 we see what's going on here. Well, Kamala Harris we're, was a big part of that. that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I know. <laughs> I don't see. And then it's like, how do you not tie her to these anarchist groups, which are Black Lives Matter global? And And that just that just shows me she'll sway whatever direction the wind is blowing, because I've made the argument to hardcore like I hope Trump refuses to leave office so that they have to come in and tase him until he passes out on the floor and pisses himself. (laughs) Right. And that's a real that's a real fucking conversation I've had with someone. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) But, you know, to turn around, it's like, okay, well, Kamala and fucking Biden, they've made their fucking careers off the backs of the prison population. And now they're turning around. It's like. No, we're, we we have to we have to instill justice here and 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 bail these these brave warriors out, um, warriors for peace and justice. You know, well, those are the scariest politicians that have a complete about face because both Biden and Kamala Harris were tougher on crime than most staunch Republicans throughout their career, and now they've switched. And why? Nobody's ever explained that. Nobody ever said. Uh, Kamala never stood up. Joe never stood up and said, you know what? I saw the error in my ways after I met, talked to prisoners and heard what actually their sides of the. There's no origin story. There's no reason for the change beyond we needed to get elected. And this is what was popular right now. Yeah, they try to just pretend like they never were for any of that in the ever and that it's just fake news. Right. Well, it's because they all can be now that we have deep fakes. Now, nothing. Did you see that uh, the Tom Cruise? Deep fake from uh, TikTok. I did not. Oh, I've heard about this, but I haven't seen it yet. No, there were like three of them posted. I, I saw it in a news story because I don't have a TikTok account, just to be clear. But somebody had po- somebody had posted them in a news story, and I watched the video. And I mean, I know I have crappy eyes and all, but this looked as legit as a deep fake as I have ever seen, and it was scary how good it was so this really is the point from here on out if you're bill clinton and all of a sudden oh look there's these videotapes that we've had on bill from the stash from uh you know jeffrey epstein now bill can just go eh, that's a deep fake 
And uh, what are you going to do? How are you going to prove it's not? Deepfakes are going to be bigger than most things. I I think that's kind of the general aim of deepfakes all along. You got to popularize it. You got to kind of seed it into the ground. Let people know that you can't believe anything you see or anything you hear is from a legitimate source. That's what I just did a, a segment on random thoughts about this. And there's been a lot of stories about old folks who get a call like, oh, your grandson's in jail or something like that. And they still go out and they buy, you know, a thousand dollars worth of gift cards for some reason, because that seems like a legitimate thing to do. Now, imagine how much more effective that would be if, you know, I got you. You've both talked enough online. I've talked enough that if I was able to call, you know, one of your grandparents, if they're still around and be like, oh, this is Spencer. I need money. They're going to believe you because they hear the voice. It's sure. it's dangerous. It really is dangerous stuff. This damn technology. Somebody should no, do I'm a, scared. a podcast about that. <laughs> Put it back in the box. Put it back in My the box. podcast is over, you guys. I'm done. If it I'm can, done. If it can only be done. I don't know. Uh, I'm pulling the plug. Pull the plug. And we are I'm pulling the plug. plug. It's been another fun, exciting edition of Grumpy Old Benz. Thanks to Booberry of the Behind the Schemes podcast. Just go into your favorite podcasting app. You'll find that. And Sir Spencer. I mean, you have multiple now, right? You have bowl after bowl. And now is the bowl after bowl uh interview conversation to that under the same rss feed or uh yeah we just keep it on the same feed we call it bulls with buds but it's another bull after bull episode so episode 68 will be with Gwiff, and all the live links are easy to find you just go to bull after bowl.com hey you can oh, find yeah do you have to pay john for that uh the little ad there uh i didn't have to but i did <laughs> that's the beauty of the value for value model could have been a deep fake we don't know but i did pay for uh, this one that's 2014, Dvorak. Which one did you say? wants some action. Yeah. Well, of course you want some action. Who doesn't want some action? Boobery wants action. I want action. Cold Acid wants action. Sir Matthew, Nick the Rat, NickTheRatRadio.com. Check him out on Wednesday nights when he reimagines Art Bell's coast to coast, to coast in a way that only a New York City sewer rat can. I will be back with grumpy old Ben's on Monday again. 100% Bemrose list. Make sure you get in and get a donation. And Sir Gene, who we've been hearing a lot about lately on No Agenda, Sir Gene will be on. And that should be a whole lot of fun. But again, thanks, guys. And until next time, I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where podcasts are down. We still got to keep trucking. <laughs> Yeah.